Welcome to episode 51 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, John George, at the Sports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? And special guest, Josh Roberts, at Roberts number 49 on Twitter. How you guys doing? Got a huge, huge slate. We got some playoff action. Uh, we got still the Eastern Leagues going at it, LCK and LPL. A lot of stuff going on. But before we get into that, a couple news articles. They're not any news articles. They're just things I wanted to talk about. I don't even know why I'm calling them news articles. We have fake news, first of all. Jackie loved to top esports. The rumor. Is it April Fool's? Is it bullshit? The world may never know. Your it's, thoughts, John? It would be weird. It'd be a little bit weird timing, right? Like, top does sign. It seem like they're finding their footing here. It was right around uh, April Fool's Day. It was a Jacob, evil Jacob Wolf article. <laughs> there. I don't know. There's a lot of evidence that it could be fake. At the same time, how is Jackie Love not on a team? So I don't see any reason why we wouldn't have him in there. I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about that situation at the moment. Josh, what's up with you? What do you think on that? I, I've been saying it needs to happen because Top came out so flat, but it finally has recently looked like, uh, I don't know if it's Fodic or Fodic. Yeah. How you pronounce it, but he, it seems like he's actually been stepping up recently. So it, it definitely seems like weird timing because they've just kind of hit their stride. So I, it would be weird timing, but I wouldn't fault them for doing it. What's, what's weird about the, the, the TOP <laughs> surge recently is that it coincides very strongly, correlates very strongly with their willingness to finally admit that Aphelios is a good champion. So. I think that may or may not have something to do with Photic looking better. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's both. He could just be improving also. He could be getting more comfortable. It's a couple months in now. Uh, I don't think Photic's been bad. He hasn't stood out, really. Now he's starting to stand out, which is maybe kind of like the Hope situation. Where Hope, to me, Hope wasn't standing out. And, like, the last few matches, Hope's been, like, really standing out. So I've been just wrong on him. Like, he's been he's been killing it recently. So uh, it makes sense. Like, Jackie Love would be, a, a, I would think, a pretty good fit there. But I, I kind of posited today that maybe Jackie Love's a tad overrated. Like, is this a Colin Kaepernick situation? Like, obviously, it's not the same because there's the, the social implications and everything. But, like, is this a Colin Kaepernick situation where, like, if he was good enough to – if he had the chops to do it, he'd be on a team already? Like, is, is – I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my assumption in the offseason was just that – and I don't, like, pretend to know that much about salaries, but – to me, like it would seem damn near impossible to keep Jackie Love, Rookie, and the Shy all on a team yeah. within sort of reasonable budget. So, like to me, it's like, <clears throat> and I, I say this all the time is that I think ADC is probably the most replaceable position because you kind of just need to be able to hang back and, and do damage. Yeah. Um, and so, like to me, it made sense that they went with the Shy and Rookie, who are both you know top three at the position in the world, if not top one. Um, and so, like. That's kind of why I thought he did it, and then maybe he just didn't get enough, you know, big enough offers elsewhere. But it, it is very odd because um, he wasn't even like streaming or anything until recently. So it's not like he just wanted to be a streamer and make more money that way and have less stress or anything. So I don't know. Yeah, it could be a weird situation where like he wanted a lot of money and people were not attributing a lot of the success of the team to him. So maybe he was saying, you know, I was on a world championship team. I deserve a lot of money. And other people would be like, yeah, that was really the shy and rookie and Ning that were really carrying you on that team. So we don't think you're worth the money. It could be that. Hard to, hard to really say. My dog doesn't like, seem to like that theory. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like the running back behind a good offensive line situation where, yeah. like, this guy is going to be overpaid by someone and it's not going to be us. And every team has said no to that. But it kind of amazes me that every team has said no to it. 
Now, yeah. like, I posited that he's a tad overrated because of the situation he was in. He's still a really good player. I'm not denying that. He's outstanding. He's a top six minimum. Like, I'm down on Jack. Like, I don't think he's I, – I don't think he's hot shit like everyone else does, but he's good. He's top five or six eighty carry in the LPL. That's how good he is. So if that's, like, his downside or whatever, like, what is going on? Like, I wonder if he's just asking for too much money. Like, maybe yeah, he's waiting for the yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's interesting. That said, this was just a rumor, so I don't want to go too deep on it. So, uh, I, I wrote Wadid Love Fest in the in the notes. Can can we just take a second and appreciate how hilarious it is? First of all, this dude's doing doing um color commentary in Korean and English, like swapping broadcast, <laughs> which is already pretty badass. Two. I don't know how much you guys know about, like, he was talking about this the other day, actually, but, like, the Korean broadcast, it's very, like, I guess it's, like, national, like, a national broadcast. It's very friendly to the players. Like, you're, he's not going to roast a player. Where oh. Then when he gets on the English broadcast, he's kind of allowed to because they're a lot more open to it. So when he gets on the broadcast, he's like, what is he doing? He's inting. Like, he's like, I'll just say it, which is it's hysterical to me. Am it's, I allowed to say they're inting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, literally asking. He's like, am I allowed to say that? Because I'm not allowed to say that over there. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge yeah, fan of the Wadid. Awesome. Like, broke, it doesn't even matter about the broken English. Like, he's communicating his points really, really well. And I think he yeah. makes a lot of good ones so far. He's like, I mean, he believes, he, he says a lot of the same stuff I've been saying, that Carrier is just a monster. Uh, I mean, he's obviously watching support a lot because that's what he played. I still think he could probably play on the stage. I was tweeting about that today. He could probably he he would be a starter in a lot of teams. He was pretty good. Yeah. I think he could start in a few teams. I don't know if it would be like any of the top level teams, no. but he could have started on some teams. I think in in NA in in the bottom of Europe probably, and somewhere in the bottom of Korea. I'm sure he could have found a spot if he really wanted one. Yeah, I thought he. Uh, I think it's funny too how he like kind of like live tweets about his stuff. But I think one of, one of the best parts I think is like LS oftentimes tries to do like live voiceovers of the calms, and it just seems really clunky to me. And like th- these are little things, but he, he's like screaming out what they're saying as they're saying it. Whereas like Wadid, if you listen to him, like he waits until it's done and then just summarizes. And today it was hilarious when uh, I forget who ruler I think saved the base. Just went nuts on the phone. Yeah. Okay. And they do the, they went to the voice columns. What he just waits till afterwards. And he's like, uh, BDD was just screaming, I got speed boost. I got speed boost. And then he's like, ruler didn't say a thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why that was so funny. But yeah. It's really good. I don't want to like completely roast LS on it either because like, obviously when he's a native Korean speaker, he grew up speaking it. So it's like a lot easier for him to digest like a million things yeah. at him. But like, it, it, it's kind of cool having that perspective, which is neat. So. Yeah, he's yeah. he's also just really funny. Like he's a funny dude, which helps. So definitely. Yeah. Um, didn't get any listener questions. You guys are slacking. Didn't get any reviews. You guys are also slacking. You got to step your game up. Those are rookie numbers. Come on, you got to get those numbers up. Uh, what have you guys been up to this week? Content? Anything that's interesting to you? We'll talk more about this on a sign off, I guess, too. But like anything that's like league related that you've been following or keeping up with, or something that's interesting to you this week? Um. I mean, I've just mostly been embroiled in DFS Twitter for the last like week and a half. Just Mixing very interesting to see all the new people come in and <clears throat> seeing some faces that I've known for a while. Like we were uh, discussing before the podcast, Wooby Cakes winning the Titan yesterday, who's been by far my closest like DFS confidant for the last like however many years. Congrats to uh, 
Yeah, we were in the the original like group chat that I know of anyway together. The cabal. And, yeah, we've been talking to each other for years, and it was super exciting to see him win the Titan. And it was on the same day that I won the three thirty three, playing the same kind of stacks. So that was really cool. Um, and then getting shouted out by all kinds of people. Gray Wall shouted us out today, which was really cool. Uh, just having people win these big tournaments that I didn't really know that much about, and having them message me and say, "Hey, it was you guys' content that really got me there." Always a great feeling. So. <clears throat> thanks everybody and uh yeah feel free to let me know it's always nice we we love hearing that uh something we did helped out what about you josh what have you been up to you writing for anyone doing what, what kind of content you you got going yeah i uh i work for daily fantasy insider so we do uh breakdowns of every slate uh, i unfortunately don't get to contribute too much during the week just because i have a full-time day job and we want to get the content up early enough um, it's kind of tough to, to balance the day job. And, I feel that, brother. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But usually my, my stick is kind of the more LEC, LCS. Uh, I have like a, I do so, basically something that I know, I think you guys have talked about before, but one of the biggest flaws, I think, and not to throw any flame or anything, but one of the biggest flaws with uh, Oracle's Elixir is like you can't filter by week or anything. Yep. Um, so I like re, kind of recreated and track a lot of the, the metrics on the player level and, uh, it allows us to just get a little bit more in depth at the way we look. So I, I do a lot better on LEC and LCS just because I track those game by game. And obviously it's best of ones, not at 2 a.m., 1 a.m. So it's like a yeah. watch, you know, on the weekends and all that. But, um, but yeah, we've been doing that and just, you know, playing DFS kind of like John said, uh, helping a lot of people get introduced to it. Um, it's been, it's been crazy to see these contests, by the way, just like the fact that there are double ups now that are more than 23 people. Yeah, yeah. Like that's one of the most underrated things, I think, but I love that because, like, and now you can, you know, post head-to-heads and actually fill, and it's not just like, oh, hey, John picked up all my head-to-heads. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the last person I want to see, damn it. <laughs> yeah, the key back in the day, uh, like, I don't play that much cash anymore. A lot of people ask me all the time. I don't even really play that much cash. I never really have. I've always played, like, all the GPPs. Um, I think it's because I, I tend to, like, really start getting into my head that I like underdogs. And so then I don't <laughs> want to play cash lineups because I'm like, I don't know, man, this underdogs, this plus 300 underdogs probably going to win here. But uh, I, I, back in the day, the trick was to just block everybody, like block all the decent players yeah. and then post head to heads and just let only random new people join. And most nights you wouldn't get anybody, but at least if you got somebody, Every you would so know. Often you'd catch a fish. You know, it's yeah, like it wasn't that. one of the 40, you know, other decent players out there. So uh, I, I didn't block that many people, but back in the day, I definitely had like five or six people blocked. It's like, ah, I'm not even going to bother. Because there was a long period of time, honestly, where I was playing against Bomber like every day. And 90% <laughs> of the time, we had the same lineup. It was like every yeah. single day, we would just load up $500, like message each day. other, be like, just yo, why are we doing day. this? Like, it's basically <laughs> giving them the VIG. Like, come on. Yeah, dude. it was super stupid for like for like 20 slates in a row. And I was like, I'm just not doing this anymore. Yeah. Dude. This is... <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, so talked about them. Uh, do you guys want to get right into the slate here? We got a lot of a lot on our plate this weekend, including what we're going to start with, which is LEC playoffs. So we're going to skip down the sheet a little bit. Um, whew. so the playoff format obviously a little different now. They're doing like a like a weird double elimination, like a double elimination bracket where you start and we have people starting in losers bracket. So, uh. It's like actual double elimination for four out of the six teams, which is kind of cool. I actually love this format. I think it's great. Something doesn't sit right with me about one team getting more losses than other teams in the playoffs. I don't know what it is. 
I go. I do think the format's pretty cool, and you should get a reward for being like the best team in the regular season. But for me, something just doesn't sit right with me for the fact that some teams can lose once and stay in the playoffs, and other teams can't. I don't know why. So I'm a little, I'm a little conflicted on it personally. Yeah, I think uh, I, I kind of like the similar to Jonah. I'm more so just like the outside of like the number one team gets to choose who they play. Uh, I know actually, Jonah said this in the past too, but I, I just think teams don't like leverage that correctly um, oftentimes, and that'll actually probably come out here and when we start talking about the slate, but. I don't really think that, like, you know, G2 made the correct choice here or, or even uh, in the LCS that Cloud9 made the correct choice. So it's kind of weird that they don't take more advantage of it. It seems like they always just go, oh, I'll take the four seed or whatever. Yeah, I totally agree. We're going to talk about that more for sure, but I, I totally agree with that. They always just take whoever the lower seed is, and it never makes sense. Like, at least in my eyes, it never makes sense for who they're choosing. And I almost feel like maybe it's a respect thing. Like I said on Twitter, like, they're showing respect to the other team that they know like personally in real life and saying like, Oh, we wouldn't choose you. You're the higher seed. Like it almost feels like maybe it's something like that. I don't know. Yeah. They don't want to like BM them like macro BM, you know, like they don't want to like big brain say like, Oh man, you guys suck. Like that's trying to avoid that situation. I kind of think the world championship should go to double elimination. I said that last year, like MSI and world shit in the world, like world should be double elimination. I think. Like, it's already a long tournament. Maybe that's why they don't do it. But, like, dude, just make it double them. Don't you feel so like you lose hype. some of the, like... No, don't you feel like you lose some of the hype from the upset? Like, I'm not as I'm not as hyped when RNG loses to G2 if RNG just goes into the loser's bracket and remains the favorite to win the tournament or whatever. I'm much more, like, near favorite to win the tournament. I'm much more hyped for an upset when it's single elimination because, you know, anything can happen. Whoever the big favorite is can just play bad on one day and, boom, they're gone. I don't know. I like the March Madness-style brackets. I'm a big fan of that. I don't know. I guess I like like the international format so much that I just wish League would go to that format, like, yeah, maybe maybe not even pick up the double elimination, but like the the two groups of eight is just so much better. It's more league, which is why I mean they want to make this digestible as possible, which is why they don't do that. So I I get it, but I really Dude, wish they would just go to you the know be, format. You know, it'd be fantastic. They'll, obviously, they would never do this, but honestly, I think they should just bring every team to Worlds, every team from all the majors, <laughs> bring them all, bring all the teams from Turkey, put them in thirty six groups of eight. Have them start playing about three three months before the uh, oh playoffs God. are ready to go. Let everybody knock each other out. Oh man, I would go nuts. That'd be I. I would I would stand hard for that format. Clad nine show up hungover one day, lose to like super massive <laughs> or something like. Yeah, lose to like an LDL team. Fuck it, bring the LDL teams. Bring Academy in there. Yeah. Just bring EU Korea. Bring everybody in there. Bring Cerebral Gaming with uh, Kakao or whatever the hell they have now. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. I. I kind of like the format, but I, I can understand the the view that it feels a little less impactful if an upset happens. But like I see, to me, I like giving. Maybe I I don't like giving. It's, I don't want to say I'm giving good teams a pass, but I like sample size. So I always want more games, no matter what. That's just like my thing. So to me, I want I want two groups of eight double round robin. I want fourteen games each in group stage for worlds. I don't want six. Yeah. I I also think there's some appeal to the fact that like. On the one side, like, obviously the upsets are a thing, but I think it's actually can be pretty appealing. Like, we, we see teams do it every year in, like, Gauntlet. Like, someone will run the whole Gauntlet and, yeah. like, like, clutch last year, right? Like, it was a sick story. Uh, or, or IG, like, no one thought IG was going to end up beating top and making yeah. it to the championship. So, like, 
I kind of like the double elimination for that because you get to see a team run all the way through the loser's bracket and make it back. Um, but I, I definitely am concerned, like, in terms of the, the games and stuff because, like, the season's already too long. Adding more games would suck. What they need to do is, like, and hopefully this year will make them consider it, is just, like, cluster everything together one season, make MSI the R-Star, and then, then you can add more to Worlds, like, and just My make man. it months of the year or something. My but, man. I'm yeah. all about the single season. Let's go. Make it make it quadruple round robin one season. Don't stop. Yep, totally agree. Give me you that sample size, play. baby. Let's go. Yep, make MSI the all-star game, just like you said. You don't need to have it be a, an actual championship. Yep, totally on board with that. All right. Chris is joining us. He was able to hop in. What's up, Chris? He said he's just listening this time. Uh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Well, anyway, gave us his pick. So we have opening up with the LEC in Europe before I got derailed there. Friday. G2 Esports, minus 1429 <laughs> against Mad Lions, plus 787. I, it's got to be, it's got to be Mad Lions, right? Like, there's some, there's some universe where G2 screw around and lose this series, right? Uh, no. No? Is there some <laughs> universe where G2 screw around and lose a game? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. How about two games? My I don't think... Yeah, I don't think you need to bet two games. Like, I, I think the lines are sweet for, was it like plus two and a half is like yeah. 20 right now. Uh, over three and a half, I think is very similarly priced. Like, I, I think I locked those two bets in as soon as I saw it. Um, Matt is actually like grades out really, really well. Yeah. I was them to upset Origin and they were like plus 200, which was absolutely absurd because they're actually better in a lot of key statistics than Origin is like. A lot of people think Origins is really good macro team because they just play slow, but those two things like aren't always equal. Like mm-hmm. Origin isn't great in turn. Well, I mean they're good, right? But they're not like elite. Like uh, they're they have a really bad Drake rate. Uh, they don't uh, have a super elite uh, gold per minute or anything like that. And obviously their damage per minute is not that high because it's, you know their Origin. But but yeah, I think Mad could certainly steal. Steal one here, and especially like their draft they showed us last week was really impressive to me when they played. Um, they like picked Renekton super early and then ended up flexing in mid, and it worked out so well. I was like super impressed with Humanoid in that game because I am like a huge Renekton hater, especially in the top lane, because I just think he basically dies after like level 11 or 12, like he's just worthless. But playing him in the in the mid lane and he was like super proactive with it, like I don't know, they they just really impressed me with that. And then I'm like a big Malachi lover, especially with the Sunfire buff. I think he's been he was like oddly overplayed in the jungle in the LPL, yeah, uh, underplayed in the Western region. So I don't blame Billy Billy for that. <laughs> yeah, very weird. But yeah, it, I thought they showed some really good versatility and like uh, I think John and I went back and forth on this on Twitter. Is like Mad's one of those teams where kind of like. They're young and you don't really know what you're expecting. So I don't think G2 should have chosen them because Origin, like you legit know exactly what Origin's doing every time. They're going to give up the first two Drakes and try to take the Herald instead, go get turret plates with it, try and get a gold lead. And then they're just going to sit on their laurels and try and scale up, get two core items and then get a team fight around Baron, team fight around Dragon Soul. Like I feel like that's much easier to prepare for personally than a team like Mad who's capable of pulling out these weird picks and kind of running hot right now. I wonder yep. if this is like some weird next level strategy for G2 where they're like, they respect mad the most, which is why they want a taste of them now. 
Like, is that, like, you know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds kind of like off the wall outside the box, but like G2 are clearly pretty much better than everyone besides Fnatic on a good day. Right. So doesn't it behoove them a little bit? I mean, there's a loser's bracket. They somehow lose this series. Like, they're going to run the losers bracket, right? They could just watch their series against Fnatic, though. Like, I mean, if you look at G2's win rate against Origin, it's just like, like Origin's just never beating them. Yeah, in I series. think they're like yeah. eleven and one or something like that in the last twelve. Yeah, games. I think it's, it just makes tons of sense to take Origin. Like exactly like Josh said, like Mad Lions could do all kinds of weird stuff. A bunch of young aggressive rookies just take Origin, who plays the same way every game, and you just stomp them every time you play them, and just replicate that three times. Yeah, uh, choose origin, ban Orn, ban Karthus, and <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they can play, if they want to play, you know, Victor and... Corky. Yeah, Corky, yeah, like, whatever. You know, those those champions are, are like, uh, tangential to the meta right now. They're not, like, super in the meta. Like, you can make them work, but they're not, you know, power picks right now. So, literally, just choose them, ban Aphelios, Orn, and Karthus, and, and make them play. Yeah. Make, and, make them beat you instead of just yeah. sitting back. Yeah, like I, right. I, I get that. <laughs> I do kind of think this is like a weird. I don't. If I'm Mad Lions, isn't this weird to you? Like maybe they're confident. I don't know. This is just a weird. It's like weird flex. Mad Lions gonna get a game here, right? Or is G two just gonna smash them into oblivion? Like I don't. I don't really know. What do you guys think? I, I think Mad's gonna get a game. It feels like Mad should get a game from just doing weird stuff, kind of like we said. Like they can do a lot of weird things. At the same time, when we look through G2's playoff record history, it's like three o, three o, three o, and then they play Fnatic. So we never really know for sure if they're just going to come out and absolutely obliterate Mad Lions. But it does feel like Mad Lions has a path to win a game or two. Yeah, I don't know if weirdly, I don't think one minus one seventy five is enough for them to take a game, and that's like super mad respect to G2. Because, like, I, I really do feel like G2 could just climb around. I think probably the over 3.5 that he was talking about, if you're going to bet that, don't bet Mad yeah, plus 2.5. Yeah. Bet over 3.5. Yeah, it's better value. Um, yeah, just way better value if you're going to bet that. I'm not sure I end up betting it all on this one. Yeah, it just – this has a weird feel to it. Like, I think Mad Lions could win, like, at least a game or two. I don't I don't know. There's no logic or reason to that. It just feels weird to me. I don't know. It's, it's weird that they chose Mad Lions. It's weird that Mad Lions are, like, looking really good right now. I don't know. Bizarre. The other thing that's interesting too would be like, can G two like they were full, they were obviously full Fiesta mode, right? Yeah. So it's like, can they flip that switch back off for like, because now now it actually matters, right? Like these games actually matter. So I mean, there, there's not going to be any more, you know, what they were on Ziggs Bard bot lane. <laughs> so like, can they just flip? I mean, and, and we know they can, but you know, maybe they just get caught up in that uh, and they don't respect Matt at all or something like that. I, I, I think it's. Like, if you, I don't know, I think you kind of got to take Mad to take a game, either, like you said, the over three and a half or plus two and a half. That's the only thing you can bet besides the over three and a half in this series, right? Like, that's the only spot besides, like, G2 kill spreads, if you want to dabble in that. Like, that's the only angle you have on this. And, like, game times, maybe. But, like, I don't know, Mad Lions have been, like, really inconsistent in how they're winning. Like, they've been getting behind. In, I mean, that was the statistic, right, is Mad Lions are getting behind in – a majority of their games and winning anyway. Like they won a lot of games. They had zero business winning, which is what made this team so hard to handicap over the course of the season. Because like you look at them, you're like, they shouldn't have won that game. They shouldn't have won that game. They shouldn't have won that game. They shouldn't have won that game, but they're winning them anyway. And like combine that with the fact that we talked about before the season started, right? How we expect this team to improve over the season. 
But if you combine the fact that they had all these like weird wins that they should have had with the fact that they've also been improving, which they have been, they've been improving. They're way better now. And it's just this like weird conglomeration of like, you're never ever going to get enough value on mad. Yeah. It's just like a weird spot. They've always been kind of tough to get value on this season since half the books were treating them like they were spliced yeah. for the entire season. So, yeah, I don't know. I could I could definitely see betting for Mad to get a game, especially like if G two's up two zero in this series. I definitely wouldn't rule out seeing Bard Bard Ziggs bottling again. Like especially if, if G two gets a lead, I could one hundred percent expect to see something like that again. So, yeah, I I think if you're gonna bet this one, it's the over three and a half. Or uh, or just fade it. Just yeah, minus one forty nine is just short of sixty percent. So if you think it's sixty percent for Mad to get a game, there's your there's your angle on that. I think that's the only angle on this whole thing besides G two kill spreads probably. So or yeah, kill total. Much. I don't know. Uh, Saturday, I, I think we're all. I don't know. Do you are you gonna mess with the over two three and a half, or are you just staying away from this? This feels weird, right? I think I'm just going to stay away from this one. I think there's a reasonable chance, like a pretty decent chance that G2 just comes out and stomps them. Yeah. I, I don't, I wouldn't hate anybody for taking the over three and a half. I think that's a reasonable bet. All right. Saturday. It's weird. We get LEC on three days this weekend. Um, Fnatic minus 196, Origin plus 156. The I'll say the Fnatic minus 1.5 is at plus 120. So, historically, Fnatic... And G2 have both just completely owned Origin. Origin are clearly above the rest of the league. Maybe not now with Mad Lions, but over the last year plus this split, Origin basically don't lose to bad teams. There have been like two games that they've lost to teams that are worse than them since, in this iteration of the team, I should say, because spring last year they had some weird stuff, but, or summer last year, sorry. Um, This iteration of Origin the way they play, they're just not going to lose to teams that they have better players than just by nature of like how they play. And Fnatic and G2 just always have this. The, the, Fnatic and G2 are able to introduce enough chaos to the game and enough variance, like strategically speaking. It's not like random. Like they're actually introducing this stuff. And Fnatic have just always had the answer. Like, do, does this seem like low to you? Like, I feel like Fnatic should be like 250, 300 in this series. They've just owned Origin. I think it's well, only this low because Origin took a game off them this season. And Origin did beat them in spring last year, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think Fnatic should win. I like the Fnatic money line. I like Fnatic minus 1.5. I'd be surprised if it's a 3-0 for Fnatic. I feel like Origin should get a game in there at least. Um, I wouldn't be blown away if Origin won the series, but I feel like Fnatic's going to win, and I'll probably end up betting the money line and the minus 1.5 for Fnatic. Yeah, I'm all over the money line for this. It's like borderline pick of the week, maybe. We'll see. What do you think, Josh? Oh, yeah, I actually think minus one and a half is big of the leagueable. Knowing knowing you guys like the plus odds, and I think it's kind of weird to me thinking I can get plus money on Fnatic to three one origin. Um, just like, I mean, even just the eye test, right? Like, I feel like Fnatic's just been more dominant at the game. Yeah. Like, it, the crazy thing is, like, for DFS purposes, John will notice from following, but like, Fnatic's like one of the worst fantasy teams, despite being the best one of the best teams because they just skill check. Like Whippo will skill check you at any time and he will just win. And now Alfar is good, but he was questionable late in the season. Like he, he fell off after the midpoint. And, um, you know, obviously Nemesis is just going to do his job, right? Like he's, he's not going to do much, but then, you know, <clears throat> Whippo especially. And then, you know, Reckless is just, he's just good. Like he's really he's good. Rock. 
I, I think they have the definitely the aggressive aggressiveness advantage and they play, like you said, more chaotic style that I think could throw origin for a bit of a loop. Yeah. yeah they're just, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> I was just going to say origin also had a week at the end of the year there where they played. I don't even remember what the exact matchups was, but it was something like they played Shulka and SK and they two zeroed them, but both games were very questionable where like, they ended up winning because they're better players, but both games were very losable. And it was to like two of the bottom teams in the league. So they haven't looked great recently, just like another team we're gonna talk about in a minute. But yeah, I mean I want I'll, I'll point out for the Shalka matchup specifically, the Shalka were significantly better over the last few weeks of the season. And that I mean, what was the a couple episodes ago I called them the Diet Shasta Orange of Origin? Like they're just like the Diet Coke version of it, where like they're playing the same game. So when you have two teams like that that just want to play scaling, it's usually closer to fifty fifty than people want to think. But so like I don't necessarily want to like criticize Origin for that, but that's an angle you can look at and be like, hey, like if the fact that they can't minimize that variance, like they, that should have been a 70-30 matchup. And the fact that it's a 60-40 just stylistically by the way they play is like reason enough to like the underdog in that spot. But I Fnatic have just given this team so much trouble over the years. It wouldn't surprise me to see Fnatic drop a game just cuz Origin are good. Like they're very good. Like we're we're not shitting on Origin here by any means. They're very very good. And it's just that they can't solve Fnatic and G2. That's been the problem, right? I will say, the metagame does favor Origin. Like, the way they play, it's very, very good for them right now. But I, give me the Fnatic money line. This feels like a 3-1 Fnatic to me. I think one of the more interesting things that's, like, going to go, <clears throat> kind of going to go a little on the radar is going to be Gragas' priority in this series because obviously Xerse is a beast on Gragas, but Selfmade has been a monster on Gragas as well. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if it's just 100% banned or, or, or what they do with that. Yeah, you're going to have the Karthus angle too. Gragas is actually pretty good against Karthus just in general just because you can like knock him out of a fight. And, like, yeah, this this series I think is going to be more interesting, but like there's no way Fnatic lose this series, right? That's the way I'm looking at it. It might yeah, end up being a 3-2. Like, it could be a slobber knocker. I don't know. But... Yeah, it seems unlikely that they would lose. I wonder too if the books priced it worse because Fnatic technically dropped the game to Vitality. Yeah, that's I, I think I think that and the fact that Origin took a game off them earlier in the season, I think that's the only reason this price isn't like minus three hundred. So like, I, I think you are actually getting value on a minus one one ninety six favorite, which is kind of weird to say, but I I do think that's the case here. So yeah, I think Fnatic. We on the Fnatic money line. Some people on the Fnatic minus one point five. Yeah, I think I'm on both of those. All right, cool. Yep. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We have Misfits against Rogue. Misfits minus 128 against Rogue, plus 108. Dude, give me Rogue. This is this is the weirdest matchup. This is the one I wanted to talk about the most yeah. because if you told me this was going to be the line like three weeks ago, I would have been like, just put my whole bankroll on Rogue. <laughs> just pile it on there. Start contacting Dark Slumlords. Like, can you get me some money on like a Dark <laughs> In Peru, can we get some money in there? But now... It's like Rogue just fell off a cliff out of nowhere. And there was weeks in a row. And is this not how, how it's been for, <laughs> with some of these teams, Jolotti? There was weeks in a row when we were like, Rogue just seems like they're overperforming to me. They're playing a slow style and blah, blah, blah. And they just won every game. And then finally, when I stopped talking about that, they started losing every single yeah. game. Teams they shouldn't be losing to. So I am honestly, this is the probably the only matchup this entire weekend that I have no idea what I want to bet on this matchup. I have... I'm so lost with these two teams, with how they've been performing lately, that uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with this one. What do you think, Josh? 
yeah, I know <laughs> just from watching the show, I know you guys have been pretty uh, like anti-Misfits all year, but I think I, I want Misfits in this spot personally just because, uh, I mean, it actually kind of sucks. I wish they weren't favored, but you're going to get uh, – and like I don't know. I, I don't like the Misfits minus one and a half is barely better than Fnatic minus one and a half. Like, I'm not yeah. – but I'll probably take Misfits money line here. Um, I do think that Misfits – if they stop being stupid with their drafts. I agree with this so much. Like, like just, you know that Featherman can only play Assassins, so just put him on Assassins. Like, why the hell did he play Orn? Like, I, I get that I get that Orn is, you know, a tank Assassin or whatever else called him, but, like, that's not a Featherman champion at all. Like, their coaching is, is questionable, but Rogue is, like, very, very, very questionable. And, like, if you look at some of the key statistics, like, the fourth worst team in the LAC in terms of Baron percentage. Yep. That's huge in, in this metagame, like you talked about, like the neutral objectives are huge. And they also have a sub 50% Drake percentage. Like, and I think you guys talked about this a couple weeks ago, but it, like oftentimes we see Rogue like get prepared for a Drake fight and then they're just like 15 seconds too late on the rotation and they just get beat and they don't even contest. Um, so I just – I have not been impressed with Rogue. I think Larson is kind of stuck in ELO hell right now. Um, he's a monster, but Finn has been super inconsistent on the top side. Um, and, you know, technically the mid is the strength of Misfits. So we'll see. But I, I think I'm probably going to take Misfits here just as a slight favorite because I'm just not impressed with Rogue. Like you said, four-game losing streak coming in. They just lost to SK. Like, what the hell? Doesn't this feel, like, really weird, though? Because, like, you just know, like, <laughs> if, if Rogue's, like – playing at 75% capacity, they win this series, right? They just haven't looked that way. And like, they haven't given us a, they haven't given us a reason to trust them. Yeah. That's the, that's the issue I have with this, right? Well, like, yeah. like I know rogue is a better team. I, I, I know they are. I just right now, do they care? Like they literally looked like they didn't care in the last week. And maybe that's a symptom of week nine. We don't know. That's a, I mean, the week, the, the weeks prior, they were just obliterating people. Like was it? I think it was Mad Lions. They just smashed like eighteen to two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like we know what this team's capable of. They're just like I agree. Like Finn has been really feast or famine, but I don't know. I I think just the value. I I actually like Rogue here just because I I'm gonna. I think it's close to a fifty fifty. But it's again, it's dependent on which Rogue shows up. Mister, right. like, you know what you're getting. Yeah, these lines are pretty much how I have the matchup in my mind at the moment. I think Misfits should be a small favor from what we've seen. But I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, like like Josh said, like I don't know why we're putting Febman on Orn. I mean, that was one of the worst performances I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a few really bad ones this last season, and uh, that was that one was pretty bad. But yeah, it's I I don't know what what is what to weigh the most about this. The fact that Rogues look terrible for the last two weeks. The fact that Misfits drafts aren't great. It's it's tough for me to really balance it. But I do think that uh, that Misfits should probably be a small favorite. And from someone that's been hating on Misfits all year, I mean, it's reasonable, I suppose. All right, I guess I'm against the curve on this one though, because you guys are all on. Oh, me and Chris are on Rogue. Okay, I don't know. I don't feel good about it. It's just like give me the plus odds in this, because because of the randomness, like there there's like an uncertainty, right? We don't know if like Misfits actually think Orin Mid is like broken, <laughs> and they're actually going to do that again, or if it was just like, hey, let's try this out, so they have to respect it for week ten, you know? Like because there's some teams that just don't care about the throwing a curveball. They they play like it is. If they think Gordon Mid is good, they think Gordon Mid is good. 
but we don't know that until we see it. That's the problem. So I guess like misfits because of the consistency, because misfits are a known quantity, right? We know what they are. We know how they lose. We know how they win, right? Rogue, their ceiling's way higher. We know that. When Rogue's playing well, this is like a minus 300 favorite. We just don't know what Rogue we're going to get here. So, yeah. Uh, I'll be on Rogue. I guess me and Chris are on Rogue. You guys are on Misfits. This is a tough spot, actually. I think it's one of the toughest spots of the week. I'm not convinced that I'm betting it at all. I think I might just sit out and play some DFS on it. All right. So, we don't get – I guess Europe's doing their playoff setup, so we'll get more games next week if I'm remembering correctly, right? So we can go to NA now. Yeah. All right, so NA, uh, currently there are no lines. So we're going to do the exercise we did last week or two weeks ago and put lines on these games. So uh, first up, we have Cloud9 against 100 Thieves in the upper bracket. First of all, 100 Thieves is in the upper bracket of the playoffs. <laughs> what is reality? Like, I, I don't even know, like... I feel like I feel like I'm in Inception right now. Like Ken Watanabe is gonna be like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "What's up? I'm an old man, filled with <laughs> regrets." Like I, I, what is going on? It, Na is just a clown fiesta. Am I wrong? Honestly, like, it's uh, it, when Rioma pulled it together for me. That was the difference maker. Like the rest of their lineup was always yeah. pretty solid. Rioma was their big weakness at the beginning of the season, just like Ika for Immortals. And then it was about the fact that Rioma eventually got it together, and Ika never really did was like one of the big i mean they still got old man so as up there for immortals but and, uh, i think that was like one of the big factors because when you look at the rest of the team i think medios has played pretty bad a lot of the season but someday's a monster i think cody sun's pretty good as far as north american 80 carries go like the rest of the team's pretty pretty solid and medios isn't he's not terrible he's just not like somebody that i think like i don't see uh Medios being a champion of the LCS at any point in the rest of his career, but <clears throat> but he's a, a solid player. And also the amount that mid-jungle 2v2 mattered was important for this team because their weakness is mid-jungle. So I think that's becoming less important. 80 carries are becoming more important. Anybody that watched Gen G versus SKT game one this morning should be well aware of how important 80 carries are in the meta at the moment. Ruler just absolutely annihilating an entire team in like half a second. But... Uh, yeah, we're definitely Leos moving to... broken. <laughs> moving this to just in. Focused, 80 carry focused metas, and I think this team's much better in an 80 carry focused meta than in a mid-jungle 2v2 meta. So, I will say, Josh mentioned this earlier, but I don't know why Cloud9 picks 100 Thieves. Like, can't they just pick FlyQuest and just, like, demolish FlyQuest? This is they exactly would like play. Europe, right? Where they exactly. pick the hot team and, that like, has not the known quantity? Over. Like, this is so bizarre. And FlyQuest has been terrible in the last couple of weeks. And I love FlyQuest. And they've been awful. And they're subbing out, like, in my opinion, one of their best players. I know we have some debate about this, but they're subbing out, in my opinion, one of their I best don't players. I don't get it. I don't so, get it. If you're Cloud9, you snap locks FlyQuest right here, and you just 3-0 them, like, basically every time. So I don't know why they took why they took 100 Thieves, but... Well, the other thing that makes this weird is, like, <clears throat> everyone came into the split assuming 100 Thieves would be better than FlyQuest. And, like, it got there at the end, right? So, like... That's what's weird is like they actually seem to like re-anchor bias based on the middle of the split and then didn't like readjust based on the end at all. And and like you said, like they have a revolving door in top lane. They're not sure what the hell they're doing up there. A hundred thieves is like a team that has the players that can beat you, right? Because like if you think about Cloud Nine right now, like technically their weakest link is Licorice. And like he had like he got bodied by Ruin last week. And now you're gonna face him up against Sunday. Like, 
probably one of the only top laners in the league that could legitimately take advantage of him and win a game by just completely bodying him. Yeah. I mean, we saw someday just take over and win games multiple times a split. So like, I, I really just mind boggling decision by them. It, it makes almost no sense. I mean, maybe it's just because they understand that like, uh, maybe they just care about like the jungler. Cause like Medios is playing these, like he just snap locks trundle in every matchup. Which yeah. Hurts my brain. But, but uh, yeah, I I wish I could understand what the hell they're thinking because I, I think the chances of a hundred thieves taking off a game like Johnson are way higher right now than than uh, than FlyQuest. So yeah, I mean we talked about right now we're moving into more of an eighty carry centric meta, and Wild Turtle is by far the weakness. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, come on, like, dude. Can you imagine a scenario where Wild Turtle is on Aphelios just like popping off and getting pentakills? Like, I do not, I cannot envision that ever happening. I can envision so, uh, it, but he's going to die like the next team fight, like right at the beginning. Yeah. Like, he gets a pentakill and then he gets ace the next fight and they lose the game. That's yeah. how Wild Turtle works. Yeah, so I, I don't get that decision, but I still think Cloud9 like wins either 3 0 or 3 1. What are the odds going to be on this? I think this is a higher upset potential matchup than the other one, though. I think the other one's a, a more like a less upset potential matchup than this one. Is Cloud9 a higher favorite than G2? G2 is minus 1,400, 1,200, no. give or take what you like. Nah. I think G2 is a bigger favorite. Because it's G2? Yeah, they're just they're just so much better than So what's this going to be, and, like minus 500, minus 800, some nonsense? It's going to be huge, and I might even consider taking 100 Thieves, to be honest. I called, like, if, if 100 Thieves' number is big enough, I might take 100 Thieves. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I posted on Twitter... Ven was going to choke in their last game or in their game against TL, and he totally did choke too. And they, they ended up winning anyway, but he totally choked. This Ven choke streak is, is still live. I could see 100 Thieves winning this matchup. They played well lately, and they and someday is a monster. So, well, yeah, I, and, I was just gonna say if the line's big enough, I'll take 100 Thieves. Yeah, and one note on, on the just because you mentioned the TL Cloud Nine game is like actually when I was just thinking about it in my head, like the teleport buff. Two should be in for these games. Yeah. So like that just makes someday have a potential even bigger out, outcome or sorry, impact on the outcome because like as the game goes on, obviously that TP cooldown is insane. So like the the whole reason Cloud9 beat TL is because they got this insane teleport flank from Licorice uh that basically ended up allowing them to stay in the game instead of TL just snowballing it there, getting soul and winning. Uh so like I could definitely see a scenario where someday ends up making a, a great flank play just because, like, the dude is just, like, phenomenal. Like, I think he is the leading non-Cloud9 member for MVP right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I think him and Power of Evil are, like, the two arguments. Yeah. Like, Power of Evil, by the way, you want to talk about a season. Look at the team around him. Viper's obviously good, and this team's, like, serviceable, but, like, this is a guy that a lot of people were calling washed up or done or, like, just, like, like not done, but, like, He's hit his peak where he's gonna be. He's just like a, he's just another guy now. And dude, he he's been ridiculous this season, like absolutely nuts. So I don't know. We're gonna talk about yeah. that. But I, th- so, you're right. Some some days the kind of player that can like solo carry an entire series. Like there's not very many of those in really in the West. Period. Like there's a handful of guys that can just run away with the game by themselves in Europe and North America, and he's one of them. So. I mean, that alone is enough to consider it. The fact that Cloud9, be, just because the variance hasn't shown in their numbers, I mean, this team didn't lose a mid-tower until, what, like week seven or something like that. 
just because the variance isn't there in her numbers doesn't mean they're not playing a high variance style because they are like they're they're checking people like they're skill checking people and sometimes that happens you get bodied sometimes you just get punched in the mouth they're probably gonna win a series i could definitely see them dropping a game and if this is anywhere close to like the g2 line i I like 100 thieves to take a game for sure yep i'd agree on that and their most recent matchup like 100 thieves arguably should have won right like yeah that was like two weeks ago i think uh like 100 Thieves almost certainly should have won that game. Um, I mean, obviously, they did end up dropping it, which it's like you uh, like you say about Invictus all the time, uh, Vince. Like, you know, credit for them, like, taking advantage of the error. But if you play that scenario, like, it's one of those things that, like, LS would just get heated about. Yeah. It's like, that shouldn't happen. Like, they, they should win that game. You don't, you don't have to take that risk. That That's the whole yeah. thing with, like, half the LPL teams. Like, you don't have to do this. You're going to do it anyway, but you don't have to. Yeah. And you're introducing, like, you're taking your win percentage from 75 to 70. And that's, like, a hard thing to see unless you watch a lot of games and you're aware of, like, what's happening. Like, otherwise, it's like, oh, man, that guy just made a sweet play. What a baller. He's awesome, right? Yeah. Unless you watch a lot of games and you understand, like, on a higher level what's going on, like like you guys do, like – you understand why it frustrates the hell out of me when I watch these games. It's just like, why do you keep getting away with this? Like, why do you keep getting – somebody at some point is going to punish this team. I, I don't know. Like, Cloud9 are just pretty good, but I could definitely see someday just, like, stealing a game by himself on, like, a Quinn or a Renekton or Callista. Like, he could, t- he could totally take over one of these games. Well, and if you remember, like, Dig even, I think, played, what, Ignite, Lucian Top against yeah. – like – like so I could see them doing something like that and just saying, all right, we're just going to smash Lickers. Like, and Medios is going to come up here three times before 10 minutes and we're going to try and get two or three kids. Like uh, teams have been doing to the shy, yeah. right? Like it's, it's not the same because it's not the same level of player, but like I could definitely see them just saying, look, someday we're getting you ahead. Cody and Stunt are going to get shoved under tower and bot lane and Ryan was going to be fine because this he's never in lane. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> But yeah, I could definitely see them trying to do something like that. Just like playing a weak side bottom, like play a strong side. Like nobody has really introduced that. Like the one time Cloud Nine's been introduced to that idea, they struggle with it. Like just mix it up. It's it's kind of the opposite of what I'm saying for E Star. Like somebody introduced E Star to like a, a someone contesting bottom lane. That didn't happen in the Vici series this morning. They just straight up lost. But like against EDG, EDG was just like, we know what you're gonna do. We're here. You screwed up. We win now. Like, I could see that being the case here where it's like, especially with a Callista Tarek, that's like a lane that's like, okay, like, it's really hard to dive that. So, play a dominant topside. Let's someday carry one of these games. That's a, I could see it happening. I think 3-1 Cloud9. Maybe, maybe 3-2. I don't know. Cloud9 could get shaky. We'll see. Uh, EG FlyQuest. We don't have lines again. So, how would you handicap EG FlyQuest? This one's interesting because I'm... I hate EG so much. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, you guys have followed the chronicle of me and my romantic comedy with <laughs> evil geniuses this season. I never gave up on Pilati. I never gave up. I did as soon as I they turned it around. <laughs> Actually, I think Gelati. I think that they should send you like a fruit basket or something. <laughs> I'm almost certain that the inverse confidence model that you talked about was just in full effect there. Like literally, the uh, they were just like watching the gold card podcast. Like, <laughs> all right, time to win, boys. Let's go. <laughs> that, was, that was me back and forth in the last year with DMO. Like last year in summer, just every two games, I'd be like, "This is one of the best teams in the league," and then they lose horribly <laughs> twice. I'd be like, "This is one of the worst teams in the league," and they win like dominantly twice every single time. I was like, "I don't know what's going on." 
But uh, I think EG is going to win 3-0. Like, I'm going to bet the minus 2.5, the minus 1.5, the money line. I'm betting, like, monster stuff in this series against FlyQuest. And they're my favorite team. I just think they have no chance of winning. And if they win, they might get a game. But I don't think they're. I don't think they have any chance of winning the series. What's the line for this series? You think? I'm hoping it's. I'm hoping it's like minus two fifty. I or, yeah. I kind I of think it could be low. Like it could be a really? line because FlyQuest were so good for most of the season that like I think like Elo models are gonna look at it and be like, hey, like this seems pretty good. They just had a rough end of the season. But so here I am hoping it's like minus two hundred. Like I or, or yeah. like FlyQuest minus one fifty <laughs> something like wild smart, like that, but if they're smart, it'll be like minus four hundred for for evil geniuses. But I'm hoping that they put it out at like minus two fifty or minus two hundred so that I can load up on it. But I'm guessing they'll they'll do a little heavier. But I want the minus one point five and the minus two point five too. Yeah, I, yeah. I like I like EG a lot in this spot. I, <laughs> God, did I really just say that? Can I just? <laughs> Like, so lock in FlyQuest, got it. Lock in FlyQuest, <laughs> the inverse confidence model is strong, right? <laughs> All right, so I, I guess so. Hundred TSM is going to get the winner of C nine hundred thieves or loser of C nine hundred thieves, right? And then G Golden Guardians gets the loser of FlyQuest EG. So I guess we'll do hundred thieves, maybe hundred thieves against TSM. What do we think there? <clears throat> I mean, this is going to be, I think this will be handicapped pretty close to even, like yeah. maybe like minus 130 on the series or something like that. 100 Thieves, like, I don't know, how how do they, they'll, they'll juice it so much that 100 Thieves will somehow be like minus 125 and TSM minus 130 because these books hate us all. But yep. but uh, I think, I, I, I do think it's pretty close to equal right now. Um, and I think a big reason, like, is just, again, the top player, right? Like, Broken Blade was phenomenal through like seven weeks and then he's kind of fallen off a cliff like as they've tried to get Bjergsen which I think they should be doing tried to get Bjergsen doing a little better I think Broken Blades just struggled like I think he kind of stopped doing cheat like I think he was getting by a little bit on some cheese picks like Kiana Top Akali like some weird stuff um that wasn't really in the meta but I, I think he just fell down a little bit and again like someday is the the poster child for 100 Thieves so it'll be interesting They've also had weird drafts all year. Dude, TSM are infuriating because I know they're, like, the second-best team. Yeah. Like, they, they just are. TSM are, I mean, obviously Europe's different because Fnatic and G2 are, like, way better than everyone. But, like, they they remind me a lot of, of like, I, I don't want to say Misfits. They're a little bit different than Misfits because they play differently. But, like, the fact that they just have drafts where they're just like, oh, they just lose. Or like a free, or like a Freaka in the LCK, where it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why? Like, why? Like, why? There's no reason to take this risk here in this draft. And I, part of me thinks it's just because it was regular season, and that TSM are gonna like. That's the to me, that's the angle you got to take on this because, like, I, I'm almost definitely gonna be on TSM unless Hundred Thieves like go three two against Cloud Nine or something, and Cloud Nine weren't screwing around. Like, if C, if Hundred Thieves look really good, I'm gonna have my questions because TSM have had some suspect drafts, but I also. I'm willing to say that they were trying stuff out. Maybe it was a little arrogant of them to be trying stuff out when they hadn't secured a good playoff seating and they got punished for it. But I still think there's a good chance that they thought they would just win those games and they didn't. And now they're in a five seed or whatever. That Diana, man. I'm so mad about that Diana. That lost me a lot of money, that stupid Diana. Uh, Yeah, it lost me a ton of money too. Yeah, terrible the entire game. It never did anything that mattered. The whole rest of the team was just winning, and the Diana just did nothing. And then 
That, yeah, that made me mad. The pick is really powerful. Like, I, I mean, we talked ad nauseum about this last week and on Twitter and everything, but, like, the, it, it makes sense. Like, I see what they were trying to do, and the process makes sense, and probably explained a lot about this on JLXB, too, how, like, he gets where they were going with it, but it's execution-heavy, and they didn't do the execution you need to do. So They didn't need to. That's the thing. Like, if you just put Bjergsen on any control mage in that comp, it fit. Like, it wasn't like they needed Diana from the way the rest of their comp was. They didn't need a, an assassin mid laner. They had the rest of the comp was fine. Uh, I, I just don't understand why they. Hell, went he could have played Cassidin. Yeah, he could have played Azir. He could have played anybody, anybody in the mid lane, and they would have been fine. Yeah. But I want to bring up something big in relation to TSM while we're talking about this line. What the hell is going on with North American coaching staffs or game planning or whatever that's ruining all these great players that are coming over here? Kabe looks completely mediocre since he's been over here after competing well with like Reckless and Upset and all those guys. He just looks completely mediocre since he's been here. Broxa looks awful, although I think that might be a more personal thing because he just missed a lot of cocoons. But like he's looked pretty bad. There's been I'm I'm very worried with North America with these guys coming over here where I literally thought Kabe would just dominate everybody that wasn't double lift and even would might be better than double lift. I thought he would just come over here and just dominate, and he's just looked super mediocre. This has to be a coaching staff or like team game planning issue. I don't. I don't see how it could be possible that like as soon as these people cross over the, the continent, they just lose all of their League of Legends skill. Like it has to be related to the way the teams are game planning and practicing or something. I do think there's a certain amount of like the, don't underrate the travel and the new location because like that's a real thing. Like you you can just get out of whack for a couple months. There's people who get jet lagged for like a month or two off of like just West Coast to East Coast. There's people that just don't handle that kind of stuff well. Some people, it doesn't bother at all, but there's people that just don't handle that well. Some people don't handle the new environment well. That said, I, I agree with you for the most part. Like, I do think it's, like, a coaching issue. Or maybe it's the hashtag NA retirement home angle. Like, but Kabe was so good last week. I know he was. So good. What are they – is he just, like, Did you he... know, give me a – million dollar contract and i'm gonna sit back and like get laid or something like yeah. what's going on with yeah this? yes yes that's what i'm saying night- like tsm nightlife too strong can't do yeah. hashtag bay life dude that sounds fun. <laughs> the uh i think the other thing is like also just in general i think their game plan is like they're playing weak side bot like broken blades getting the priority it seems like i feel like he calls from a gank from dart up every time at like four minutes or whatever like you know what I mean? So, like, they're not necessarily trying to get priority. And uh, I think it, it seems like he's played a lot of, like, the just, like, maintain and lane type guys, like uh, like MF. Like, I don't even know if I, – I can't think of any off the top of my head of him playing, like, a Philios. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't – He's been super safe in lane. Like, you're saying, yeah. like, they're weak side and they're not playing around him at all. Yeah. Wouldn't it be kind yeah. of funny, like – when esports goes like more mainstream, if we start getting like those like strip club photos, like they do in like the NBA, <laughs> but, like, Kabe at the strip club, the Miami home field advantage, dude. Yeah. This is like <laughs> the, the James Harden splits. The James Harden splits, yeah. The strip the club place. splits, man. Oh my god. Well, someone no, brought that up to me the other day. I just don't remember who it was. Oh my god. Like, I, you're right. Like, I mean, this is weird. Because my my gut tells me, looking at this, like TSM should smash this series, but I don't know because hundred these looked really good in TSM. Question: I'm willing to say that TSM are have, we're just experimenting, but I've been yeah. burned by that so many times this year that I don't even know what's real anymore. So I don't know. There's, I think there's two questions. I think well, the first one I actually wanted to ask earlier 
was the Maokai mid or Diana mid worse? Is is the first question I think we should try to figure out. Uh, I think they're both about the same, but for different reasons. They're both yeah. power. Okay, so they're both powerful champions. So I could see a situation where you want to build some equity by making teams have to respect that in a draft because they are powerful champions that can just completely shut down certain strategies. So I get it. But when it doesn't work, it it looks really, really bad. Both of them do. Yeah. Like It's the same thing we say about like putting these carry mid laners on Ornn. It always is going to look bad if they don't win, right? Yeah. But when it wins, nobody's saying, like, oh, man, Ornn is OP if it's a mid lane. People say in top lane or support all the time. If if Bjergsen wins a game on Ornn mid, you're like, oh, man, Ornn's a really strong champion, but that's about the extent of it, right? Well, when Nemesis was winning on Ornn mid, though, it like I thought it was going to get a lot more popular because he was – and maybe it's just because LS loves Orn and makes Nemesis play all the time or something. But but when he was playing it, like I thought, I was like, holy cow, this is going to be a thing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it was weird that they did it. I, I do agree with you. It's just like I play Maokai. I, I'm terrible at league, but I play Maokai top lane, and like it makes more sense because like he doesn't have an escape, right? Like you're not, you can't get away if someone comes and comes at you, and you can get ganked. Try this really easy to camp. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't think it's great in the, in the mid lanes. You, even your like uh, saplings are not as useful there because you have to try and ward one side and then sapling the other side. But you're never going to be really in fog to do it. So like I don't know. It just seemed like a bad pick. But Diana was also pretty bad. So it's again a situation where like I can understand. Like, it's just like it's just building draft equity, which is like why I think that it was experimenting. And yeah. that, that's, the, like, the setup for it, where they had the option to do other things. If they didn't have the option to do something else, and they kind of got pigeonholed into it or something like that, it's a different scenario where I can criticize the draft, right? Or criticize yeah. the priority on something. The fact that they opted into these things makes me think that they were experimenting. So, obviously, maybe that's wrong. Maybe their tier list says Maokai Mid is better than, you know, whatever. But I don't know that. I'm not looking at their cheat sheet. I'm not looking at what's the name's draft sheet i don't know but based on like context i can kind of evaluate hey this looks like they're focusing on this or this looks like maybe they're trying to build some equity by developing a different pick or whatever and there's been a lot of that going on like we see a lot of that in europe too where like that's why i'm like skeptical to hate on rogue too because it's not that they were necessarily picking weird stuff but they were like trying to play a little bit different or maybe they just like weren't it didn't look like they were doing anything it looked like they didn't give a shit i mean again like this is like narrative based a little bit but if you just like watch them play rogue looked like they didn't give a shit in week nine they didn't prepare they looked like they didn't prepare they just ran back the same stuff on a new patch we didn't talk about that either like one got nerfed on 10-6 clearly he's still good i don't want to take that away from him but there's that angle too i don't want to go like too in the weeds on it but like how about so we got another one here uh so we do we think we think 100 thieves is gonna be favored here you think I think some slight favorites here, yeah. and I think how you bet on this comes down to what you said previously, and it's do you believe that TSM was practicing on like in their stage games? And if you do believe that, then you can bet TSM. If you don't believe that, I don't think you can. And you can decide based on I think the hundred thieves side number if you want to bet hundred thieves or just abstain. Yeah, this feels like a plant your flag kind of spot, John. What do you think? Yeah, I go with TSM in this one. I think it's going to be very close, though. I got absolutely blasted on Twitter by some Hundred Thieves guy for saying that they would lose. <laughs> this match, by the way. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a really close matchup. I could definitely see this being a three-two. 
Uh, I think I'm going to end up leaning towards towards TSM winning, but Hundred Thieves is is playing well lately, so I'll I'll, I'll end up betting this probably as if TSM is going to win three two. Yeah, I'll have my eye on the over on games here to see what yeah, like, like over that. half if that's plus odds or something maybe or over three and a half even. All right, uh, Golden Guardians presumably against FlyQuest, I guess. Uh, look, Golden Guardians have been pretty good. I don't want to spend too much time on this match because we, we don't know how it's going to pan out. But, like, Golden Guardians against... They, they've looked pretty good, but I also feel like they've had a couple of games where, like, they've just been, like, spoon-fed, like, silver platter of victory where, like, another team... Start. They looked really good this week. I'm I'm totally reversing myself on this matchup. I think FlyQuest is going to crush Golden Guardians. <laughs> I'm just talking about how I think FlyQuest is going to get slaughtered by... EG, I think they're going to beat Golden Guardians. It's consistent versus not consistent, right? Like, we know what... Like, FlyQuest are a known quantity. FlyQuest are going to draft well. Maybe their players lose matchups or something, but we know that FlyQuest are going to set themselves up to succeed unless they start solo. But that's a different story, too. I think Golden Guardians is a little lucky to be in the playoffs. Yes. I had them making the playoffs in my preseason rankings, which was an unpopular opinion. Tim Sevenhusen laughed at me. Damn you, Tim. I got you, buddy. I laughed at you, too. Yeah, and I had them making the playoffs, but they have not looked like they haven't come together the way I thought they would come together. And I think 100, I just don't see where they have an advantage, really. Like, FBI's probably better than Wild Turtle right now, but other than that, it's not by much. And other than that, I don't see where they really. Closer has been super good, but Santorin's not a guy that I think gets, like, dominated. I think Santorin will be fine. Golden so... versus Power of Evil currently. <laughs> Golden Glue looked good last week, but one week. Golden Glue has had. I have a casual friend that doesn't know anything about league, and he even he was messaging me. He was like, "This Golden Glue guy just gets fucking destroyed every game." (laughs) (laughs) But I I think likewise. Here, I think the series comes literally. I've I've actually been saying this since like the midpoint of the season. If you want to beat Golden Guardians, just ban Aphelios. Yep. I. I am, like, not kidding. I think FBI is one of the best Aphelios players in this league. Like, he might be the best Aphelios player in, in the LCX. He has been an absolute monster. He understands the weapon switching and the damage output, it seems like, at all levels and just, like, erases teams. And when he gets that champion, he looks like he is the best ADC in, in North America. But when he's not on it, he, he never has as much of an impact on the games. Um, I think obviously POE is better in Midland than, than Golden Glue, but what it comes down to is literally if you just ban Aphelios, and, like, and I don't know how we're still talking about this. I agree. <laughs> and they, they'll win. But it, it was a little concerning that Flyquest got smoked so hard by Golden Guardians last week. Um, you know, I, I still don't understand why people think Renekton into Orn is a win just because it's a board. <laughs> but they keep doing it. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit of a concern. But I, they, again, FBI was on Felios. Like, just ban the champions. Oh my God. Apparently it's rocket science, man. Because I mean, if you look over in the Eastern League, China appears to have figured this out. China's just like, yo, that guy's good. Let's not let it in any games anymore. Right? <laughs> I do love, I always say this about China and like people give me shit about it, but like, there's something beautiful about the LPL just being like, yo, that shit's broken. Ban it. Like, they just, like, d- there's no upper level, like, oh, man, I wonder if we could solve this problem by doing this composition. They don't they don't mess around. They're just like, no, just ban it. It's just nonsense. We don't want to deal with it anymore. Like, 
In a team, in a, in a meta game, it's gonna be five v five death ball all the time. We don't want to deal with that ultimate. Like that's what it is. So, I thought I'd point out something about FlyQuest while we're here too, because uh, it's been a big edge in DFS too, and people keep talking to me about putting more DFS content on the on the podcast when we can. Um, I have been a huge proponent of kills per win and deaths per loss for like years, and I think a lot of people adopted that for me as a great stat, and I think it's one of the most useful stats you can have. But you have to know when to reevaluate it too. FlyQuest when they were winning were one of the highest kill per win teams in the league. They were crushing the early game and they were getting leads and and fighting and skirmishing. In the last few weeks, they have not been at all. They're much more conservative in the last few weeks. And it's part of the reason why they're losing, I think. And if they take if they don't figure that out, they could lose the Golden Guardians, I think. They they've got to go back to playing the way they were playing before. Uh and that was a big edge in DFS in the last couple of weeks. People were slamming FlyQuest into their lineups and not only is FlyQuest not playing as well lately but they're also not even a high kill team in recent weeks even when they do win so they were a, a really good dfs spot to fade i've been talking a lot about i, I talked a lot about like co- the context of statistics on they just had me i was on the deep dive earlier today like right before we came on here and they were asking like oh like what are statistics that matter i said some of them and none of them like that's because that really is like context is everything just like in like football if you have a running back that runs for two thousand yards in a season and historically was like a you know 3.7 yard per carry guy but he was behind the best offensive line in the league you have to question that right it's like damage for gold numbers if someone's playing has like three cogball games or six affilios games right you you have to question those numbers right and i agree with you like i've been i've been doing a lot of diving into like the kills per win margin of victory margin of defeat that's been like my 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 new exploration and it is fascinating to see like the method through which teams do win and I, that's one of the things that I noticed was, like, FlyQuest, when they're winning, were, like, they were winning big. Like, there's some teams in the LPL that win huge when they win, but when they lose, they also get destroyed. It's, like, very fe- – it looks very feast or famine, if it, even if it doesn't look like it, like, in the actual games. Uh, it's a really, really interesting thing to explore. Like, I, what do we think on this one overall? Like, Golden Guardians – what do we say? Golden Guardians and e- FlyQuest, right? You said you're on FlyQuest, John. What about you, John? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean FlyQuest. Yeah, I think there's another one I'll try to look at the game overs. Honestly, like, I, I I think with a lot of these series, I'm, like, going to be seeing what's plus money because like, I can definitely see some absurd lines being posted for this. Like, if, if FlyQuest, like, is, like, minus 180 for some reason, like, I, I'm going to have to bet Golden Guardians, right? Like, I, like, like John said, they've been playing extremely passive. I think Golden Guardians, like, that's the only way they win is, is if – FlyQuest just tries to play extremely passive because Golden Blue has shown he can go all in. Yeah. And, and like if you don't pressure him in lane, like if you pressure him in lane, he's gonna die four times in lane phase. If you don't, he can get online and do damage with the best. Um so like if they're gonna play passive, like I could definitely see it. Definitely a spot to be looking for lives too. And if I literally if I see Golden Gardens get a Pelios in a draft, I'm live betting them. Yeah. I don't I guess, swear to God. Yeah. Uh, just for the for record keeping purposes, uh, uh, in the LCS this season, favorites fifty one and thirty nine. Compare that to the uh, LEC where it was sixty seven and twenty three, but four of those wins were in the final week for the underdogs. So big difference in the favorites success rate. Obviously, uh, it's been a lot more parity in the LCS, so that kind of lends itself to that. It makes a lot of sense when you look at it that way. I, I kind of agree with you, like. There's also, like, the red side, blue side angle. I don't want to spend too much more time on this one because we don't know if this is going to be the matchup or not. But, yeah, I, I think 
this is a, a good one to look at, like over four and a half maps, over three and a half maps, even if it's like minus two fifty or something. There's almost this game's almost certainly going to go back and forth. I think it's going to be like at least four games, probably five. How do we find red and blue pregame? Like so, is- you can. Uh, I think in this in this situation, higher seed gets selection. Okay. So we're not going to. Unfortunately, we're not going to know until they choose. I do think that there's like a really strong angle to if the underdog takes game one, then I I really like a live dog in that situation. But obviously, the lines are going to respect that. So yeah, like like if they break serve on red side in the current meta game, like that kind of thing. If they're like not a counter pick team, so yeah, uh, that's it for the West for now. It's going to be interesting. We're going to have some playoff situations. Obviously, check all of us out on Twitter and all that. We'll be able to keep up with you. But figure we'll blaze through the Eastern slates. We've been running a little bit long, but. Playoffs versus regular season. Figured we'd spend some more time on on the uh, the West for change. Uh, Korea, China first. What do you guys think? Uh, I'd say China. China. I like China a lot more than Korea. All right, cool. Let's go to the LPL. We'll start with Friday morning. We have EDG minus five twenty six against Dominus plus three thirty three. I'll say just because of current events, the Dominus plus one point five is at plus one oh nine. Is point, the natural Xiaopan? Is it Xiaopan or Xiaohan? The jungler they're running now. Is that enough here? Is Dominus just, the new thing? Did you just ignore Victory Five and just play like any underdog that's plus three hundred or better in China? Like that like it feels like that like there's enough upsets in China that if you just ignore Victory Five that you probably would come out profitably. If so, you just ignore it at all the big dogs. So I did some profitability measurements. I was telling you guys about this too. Or, oh you might have. Yeah. Uh I, I did some profitability stuff based on lines from one book and for most of the season underdog spreads in china were profitable and they're they just dipped into like not profitable but underdog money lines have been because of the huge upsets that have been happening so a lot of times in china the under like the middling teams the the favorite spread ends up being like minus 230 minus 280 something along those lines so a lot of those are going the other way but it's actually not that far in the red and it only recently has gotten there so if you consider the fact that it's like heading toward the end of the season, maybe some of these teams are coasting. Some of these bottom teams are playing for jobs next split. You have some of these players that are like playing for a position on a roster. I, I don't know. I'm not buying Dominus. I think they, they looked good today, but I don't know. I got roasted for this LNG pick pretty bad. I feel like I might've deserved it, but yeah. Uh, how much stock do we want to put into DMOs? last two series because that, that i mean that's what everyone's looking at here and that's the only reason to really give them consideration because well two of their last three right because then they just get absolutely blasted in between those two wins yeah um, yeah so it's like just the classic dominus effect we talked about my experience with dominus i think i'm just not betting this game i'm do- i'm like dominus is my uh is my team i'm just avoiding i think yeah i mean they've been like weirdly I don't know, because they've been, like, switching their roster around. Like, they were trying a roster without natural. Like, they were playing Melody and all this other stuff. And I was like, why? Like, why take – it's the it's the Viper situation. Like, they're FlyQuest, but, like, shittier. <laughs> like, why would you take your best player out of the game? I don't understand it. But, like, I, I can see the situations where it comes up. But, like, I think the question you have to ask here is, do we trust EDG to sweep? So, like – I think the answer is no, but I also don't think the odds are good enough. Like, I, I don't know. I, and this is a grab I've had kind of all, all split with LCK and, and LPL is like the plus 1.5s are so bad. Like, yeah. 
like we have here, Dominus is plus 333 to win the series, but they're plus one and a half, only plus 109. So it's like, I don't really want to give up 200 points of juice. Like if I'm going to bet that, I might as well as bet the money. Right. Like I, so like, I don't really want to bet it. If that makes uh, I feel you like if they win one game, what are the chances they win a second game? Like they're pretty reasonable if they won one game. So why yeah. bet the plus 109 when you can get plus 333? Yeah, I totally feel you on that. Especially in I situations just, yeah. where they don't have side selection. Like if they break serve in the first game, then they're probably going to 2-0 or 2-1 a lot of the time. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I just don't – like EDG have looked good, and I like that EDG are playing like kind of – I want to say that, like they're playing pretty smart. And I, I want to give EDG credit because giving, given the roster situation, like the, the, the sudden lack of they, – they basically had to import someone last minute. Like, that sucks. That's really hard to deal with. You have three language barriers to deal with on this team. That's another angle. And if you consider all of that, they've actually looked really, really good. But I think the fact that they've overachieved is making people a little bit overhype on them a little bit. So I, yeah. I'm staying away from this because I, I don't like either. But I don't trust EDG to sweep. And if I don't trust them to sweep, then that means I think they can lose. So I don't like the money line at that number either. If this was like 300, I'd actually probably just lay the money line on EDG. Because I think it's still the most likely outcome, I think, is a 2-0, but not at the numbers we're getting. Yeah, again, like, it's just so inflated. Because, like, I think the only way you bet this is if you bet EDG minus 1.5. But that's – you're paying minus 145, which, no. But – or you bet Dominus money line. Like, I don't think there's any other play. I, I think you only bet one of those two. And that's maybe you find something good on, like, a first tower, first blood, odd, oh, something like that. But I don't really love either, right? So I think it's an abstain. Yeah. yeah, and kind of what I've been doing is trying to explore different angles to attack these 2-1 series. And I don't know if you guys have been following this at all, but, like, I've been diving into, like, the high-volume, like, kill spread yeah. game a lot and trying to, like, spots like this, right, where... I, I think there's a reasonable chance this is a 2-1, so I've been taking, like, the, the plus odds kill spreads on the favorite in both games. The problem is, they if they drop a game, now you have to cover the, the kill spread in the next game, which they usually do, but if they don't, you're just blown out. So yeah. I've been trying to find different angles to attack these games, different prop markets, first tower, first to five kills, that kind of thing, and it hasn't worked out so far. I do think there's something to it, though, and I'm going to keep, like, looking into that. <laughs> But, I mean, just for this matchup specifically, like, EDG haven't – let's pull up their numbers right now. Like, EDG haven't exactly been – I mean, they, they've had a good margin. Like, they're way above league average and margin of victory, but they've also had some games where it's like, okay, like, they've got a couple five-kill wins, a couple six-kill wins. Like, they're they're not exactly killing it every game. Yeah. Uh, especially recently, I, it's been a lot closer, so. I wonder if this is a spot, too, where you go, like, you just say, I want a unit on – EDG minus one and a half and a half unit on Dominus money line. Cause then you, you know, you profit it. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, if you, if you want to bet every single game, so you have action, like maybe that's an approach. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's that's really, I think you're only losing on one outcome, EDG to one victory. Yeah. Like, yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah. I mean, it's a thought, but this, these are the kind of series that like, I, I've been trying to find an angle of attack and it just has been really frustrating. And I know there's something there, but maybe there isn't. Like it feels like there's something there, but I'm I'm trying to pick and prod away at all this all these prop markets and everything and try to figure something out and I just haven't been able to do that yet. Well, I haven't been profitable in doing it yet. I'm I do think there's something there for it though. Um next up we have the super highlight reel matchup of yet another minus ten thousand favorite. The second <laughs> in three days. 
<laughs> Welcome to esports, ladies and gentlemen. Invictus Gaming minus ten thousand against the one and only Victory Five, plus roughly twelve hundred. Look at that juice, man! Victory Five, twelve hundred is almost plus four hundred to take a game, and <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. I think you have to take it out of principle. Like, I know. It be right, like. I feel like I almost have to put like a half unit on the money line and a unit on the plus one point five for victory five. Dude, the SGP yeah. guys call this the close your eyes special. Like this, yeah. <laughs> just like this. All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it in. It's the best. Yeah, we had this covered Gen Air so many times where it's just like, is the number big enough where you just have to play them because you never know if like one of the like you know maybe the shy gets in a car accident on the way to the on the way to the thing. You know? the, they uh... got to put the. We don't know the uncertainty. Uh, oh, there were actually it's funny that the the cast I was just on the deep dive. The the episode before me was about epistemic uncertainty. Like you don't know. Like maybe there's a sickness that oh, I don't know. Two two current events. I don't want to say that, but like yeah, maybe the shy is mad hungover because he went out and partied last night. I don't know. But like maybe he slept with somebody's girlfriend. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the angle you always bring. Yeah, that's my, always always my angle. Uh, Chris likes a a one thousandth of a unit on victory five money line. <laughs> I, I respect. I respect the game. Game respect team. Game respect team. Next up, we have a slobber knocker. Hopefully, that I like quite a bit this week. We have RNG plus one twelve against E Star minus one forty nine. E Star obviously coming off a loss. They're first in a while uh, this morning to Vici. We're still a really competitive series. I think Vici played. I mean, there was a, there was a reason to believe that they're going to lose some games and they're going to lose a series at some point. I kind of thought it was going to be this one, not not VC this morning. I still think it's going to be this one. I I yeah. still think RNG can win this series. I beat you to pick of the week. That's pick of the week for me. Yeah. It's all right. I already wrote on it. I, Check I out the action network. Morning, it was somebody who was uh, somebody who was kind of new to the game, and they messaged me, and they were like, "How? Why were there people that were playing VC last night? Because I was playing VC in all my laps last night." And they said, "Why were people playing VC last night? I've only been watching for a few weeks, but E Star definitely looks like the best team in the league to me, and they crushed Invictus Gaming." And the, what I said to him is what I think is true, which is E-Star has played way above what we expected of them. But I would definitely expect to see a rocky second half of the split where they go something like even, like split wins and losses about evenly, maybe slight edge to wins. And I think they'll get eliminated pretty early in the playoffs. Like, I don't think this is a, a team that's going to be contending to win the league when things come down to it. Uh, we've seen a lot of teams fly quest this season come out blazing hot at the start. And then when teams start to figure out what they're doing, they start slowing down. When they start losing, they start slowing down. Um, I would expect E-Star to, to kind of fall into like the fourth, fifth, sixth spot at some point during this season. And I think they're going to lose to RNG here for sure. I always want to say that. And I've been kind of like on the wrong side of E-Star all season long, but part of it has been because I haven't factored in the fact that like the LPL just doesn't give a shit about adjusting to things. Like, it takes the LPL so much longer to not be themselves is like the best way to put it. Cause the teams are very set in their identities, which is what makes it so fun to watch. Right? Like they, they know what they are. They, they're going to do that. And they're, they're a lot less quick to adapt to what the other team's doing. Like that's just the nature of the league and it's cool. It's awesome. But over the course of the season, I'm like watching these E-Star games. Like this is the same thing every single game. How is nobody like I haven't coached in a long time. How is nobody, if, how has no coach figured out how to figure this out? Like, how has no coach figured out a solution to this? There's, you could split push. You could play mid-centric so that crying can't just do his priority roaming nonsense like he's been doing on Rumble and Corky every single game, right? 
He played outstanding this morning, by the way. He actually impressed. That, I think this was his most impressive series of the season, even though they lost. Um, like, they're doing the same thing every game. And maybe they have more tricks up their book, like up their sleeve, and I've talked about this too, but, like, someone's got to figure this out, right? And I, I looked at RNG. I was like, RNG have played bot-centric for five years. Like, even if it's not the same players, even if it's not Uzi in the bot lane, this team knows how to deal with people trying to camp Uzi out of a game. They just got to replace Uzi with Betty. Like, I also just think RNG are good, and people were way overreacting to the two losses they had, like, coming, like, last week. We saw, And we saw that. They, I mean, they smashed this morning because of Victory 5, so I don't want to – I'm ignore, I'm literally ignoring that as a data point. It just doesn't matter to me. But, like, <laughs> poor Victory 5. No, not poor Victory 5. You guys suck. But, you know. <laughs> um, really, though, like, this is just too much value on RNG, right? Like, what, we're getting plus money on RNG. Yeah. The RNG 2-0 at plus 310 right now on Bovada looks tasty. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Is I, I heard that Uzi was, like, back a couple, like, last week, I think. I, I'm curious when he is set to take stage again, right? Like, I'm not sure. So my understanding is that he returned from wherever he was and is now, like, working again. Like, I think he was, like, on vacation or streaming or just doing his own thing, like, isolated. And now he's, like, back, but in training. So, I guess I'm treating it like a training camp. Like, there's probably going to be a ramp up. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in playoffs. But if I'm this team, I'm not screwing anything up. Like, unless you're playing against, like, Fun Plus or Invictus or something like that, where you think you need to bring out the big gun and take a chance or, like, throw a Hail Mary on something, I wouldn't screw with what you got going right now. Outside of a couple series, they've been outstanding with Betty. Yeah, I think they've been good with Betty, but... If you want to play Uzi in the playoffs, you have to bring him in at some point and yeah. start letting him get stage game repetitions with the team again. So I do think Betty probably comes out at some point. I think Betty earned himself some money with his play this split. Somebody's picking up Betty for sure next split, I think. Betty but, and TSM. And who knows? Maybe if he wants to be a loyalist, maybe he says, you know, maybe this is my job. Maybe the beginning, maybe I play half of every split while Uzi takes his health break. And maybe when Uzi retires, I take his spot or something. I don't know. But he probably earned himself some money. And I would expect Betty to sit at some point this season for Uzi, but I, I think we might still be a week or two away. Are we all on RNG money line here? I like I like a split between the RNG money line that takes the two zero. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Uh, Saturday we got Rogue Warriors plus one fourteen, LGD minus one fifty six. Obviously, elephant in the room with the match fixing thing. We've all discussed this a ton. We actually we didn't really get a chance to talk about it because it happened like literally as we were doing the podcast last week, but like. I mean, Rogue Warriors got do- dominated by Dominus. Like, like just like, not no-showed. I was very mad about it at the time. Me too. Now I'm just memeing about it all the time. <laughs> and I'm going to continue to do that probably for the next, like, five years, every time anybody mentions anything. But bro, my the interesting thing was, because they were winning that series before he started throwing, I assumed that they would look a lot better once he was gone. And yeah. then they did not look a lot better once he was gone. And so I was a little bit worried about that, but I do kind of like them at plus odds against LGD. Um, LGD hasn't been awful this season, but I I don't think they've been one of the better teams. And I still, I have a lot of belief in the Rogue Warriors bot lane. I think their bot lane's really, really good. LGD is is like slightly better generic to me. Like they get an early lead sometimes and they can snowball it, but like most of the time they get an early lead and they're just like, dude, it's like a dog chasing a car. Like I think they're like, like, I don't know what to do now. I think they're so much better than than like Victory Five that we don't yeah. really have to like, discuss them as like a Jin air, you know. But I still don't. Th- yeah, I I still think they're pretty close to Rogue Warriors. 
And I have a tough time figuring out if Rogue Warriors is going to start getting it together now that they've had some more time with the new jungler, or if he's just really, really bad. <laughs> they're just gonna... like he's played before. That's the thing. Like he's played games yeah, this season. So like, yeah, he's played. Any, I mean, he's been around for a while. Like he's played a lot of games in a lot of leagues, but he hasn't looked very good when they've played with him. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to look terrible now or what. But I think I'm going to probably bet the Rogue Warriors money I'm gonna, line. I'm going to throw this to Josh, but like I, I kind of think these are the two worst teams that aren't Victory Five and Dominus. And it doesn't mean that like I think they're be- like I think they're clearly better than those two teams. I mean I don't know maybe Dominus is the legit. We don't know. I doubt it. But like I, I think LGD are frustrating because like I think like the only reason they're favored in this spot is because they took a game this morning. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Like I, I I pulled these lines like this afternoon. I didn't I didn't get a chance to look at what it was before this. I'd assume it was like a little less, but I think they're only favored because they took a game this morning when they had no business doing that. So. Give me the plus odds in these like garbage matchups. Give me the plus odds. I always like taking the double two zero too because you usually get plus money on both. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Yeah, I think that the tough part about Rogue Warriors that I, this is what I said when it came out is like, uh, Wayan was clearly, in my opinion, their best player. So, like, your best player was throwing games. So, like. I didn't have much hope for them, honestly, because I was like, they're only, uh, to me, it looked like their, their main bright spot was not even playing to full strength. So like, what does that say about the rest of the team in my opinion? Right? Like, I don't know. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna treat them like they're going to improve for this matchup, and if they get dumpstered in this matchup, I'm just gonna assume they're like a, you know, a Dominus Victory Five type team for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm gonna give them a shot in this matchup because LGD is a matchup that they should be able to win if they're gonna be an improving team. And then if they fail this one, then I, I might just give up on them. I think they're like I like their bot lane, and I liked Wei Yan when he was actually playing. Uh, but yeah, they have a slight problem in the mid lane, and the top lane's been a big problem for them. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I do think, I, I actually think um, probably, maybe even wait till after this morning to try a bet, but. I think I'm probably going to be on LGD minus one and a half here, actually, just because, like I said, I, I just, I'm not optimistic for Rogue. And I, I definitely think Zonwuji is good. I think he gets a little bit overhyped personally, though. Yeah. And I think Kramer is just as, if, just as good, if not better, honestly. Like Kramer's really impressive. He just is kind of coin flippy. Like he either gets stomped, like you said, they, they can either snowball an early lead or he's going to be worthless. But, um, I think getting plus 200 against a team that just got swept by Dominus is like, yeah, why not, right? And especially if uh, LGD come out and get smacked by Wii this morning, which, I mean, all signs indicate they should. I mean, Teacher Mo has been insane. Team. 
what universe are we living in where teachers are just embodying people? Like, can we just talk about that for a second? But whatever. Like, yeah. WE is my team that I think is the most overrated team at the moment. Every time yeah. I watch their games, like, they keep winning. But every time I watch their games, I just see things where I'm like, any good team is just going to crush this. Or, like, when they beat when they beat BLG, it was like they got bodied, and then BLG just drafted, like, super aggro center comps and just got destroyed <laughs> twice. I was like, what are you doing, BLG? Yeah. Like, I keep seeing things that they keep getting away with, and, like, they're going to be a team I'm really targeting against for the rest of the season, I think. Yeah, I think I think it makes sense against the good teams. I think they're, like, one of those gatekeepers uh, of this league, at least, between, you know, like, the C slash D tier and, yeah. and – there's like three or four teams in that like nine to twelve range that are like clearly yeah. better than the terrible teams, but they're going to draw yeah. games to the terrible teams sometimes. So yeah, be, we should do like next week. Know. Yep, I think next week, Gelati, we should uh, come up with lineups of te- lineups of players from those bottom like six teams that would be competitive like in the playoffs. I think you could come up with lineups if you took players from one team and here and there. Like Beishang's actually you know very good. There's, there's players on all these teams that I think are very good and are being let down by the other members of their team, so that'd be a cool topic for next week. I'm going to throw my LPL one out there. Beishang, uh, Natural. I got nothing. That's it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Team WE, speaking of, um, against OMG. So Team WE plus 138, OMG minus 185. OMG, dude. I know they're just coming off a loss, but... Give me OMG. Are you battling on this one? No, I'm hammering OMG. It's one half. Plus 165? Are you kidding me? Yeah, this is a joke. OMG are are top. So is OMG like top six or top eight to you guys? Like, are they they closer to the top or are they closer to like the EDG like tier? I think they're better than EDG. I think they're kind of like an origin though. Like, I don't think they're going to be a playoff factor. Because yeah. I think they beat teams that are worse than them, and they're going to get stomped by teams that are better than them. Like that's how that's the thing that they've given off to me this season. But I think they're like a top sixteen. Yeah, this is slam dunk. Yeah, I think they're probably right outside. Like IGE Star FEX Top RNG JDG are probably all above them, and then then it's like them Sooning and EDG all together. Like I, I don't really know. I think how, they're I, better than Sooning and EDG. Yeah, so they're pro- yeah, so I think like right on the outside looking in of that top six, but I I, I love them here. Plus one sixty five for minus one half. Yeah, th- this should be like a two fifty three hundred range money line, right? Yeah, and uh, amazingly, right? Uh, it's here for we this morning or Friday morning too, because or I mean, sorry, this mor- uh tomorrow morning, Thursday morning. I guess uh, you yeah. guys won't have it, but if we wins, then hopefully we get an even better number here on OMG. That That'd would be, be lit. That would be nice. I'm a fan. Uh, Chris John Hammers Yeah, the line mover. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have a, a really another one. So we have Fun Plus minus 357. I'm going to start going rapid fire through these because we've been running pretty long. Um, Fun Plus minus 357, top esports plus 248. Top have been good, but this is Fun Plus. This is a different league. Do we think top gets a game here? I don't think they do. It's it's really tough. I, I think it depends for me on how seriously FPX has taken the series. I mean, FPX has looked pretty pretty fantastic this season overall. 
if they take this seriously, if they really want to beat top, they'll beat them pretty badly. I think if they want to, if they want to try some things out or see how things are going, I then out again. top could, yeah, top could win the series or get a game if they, if, if FPX is messing around, but FPX should be a pretty heavy favorite to two zero, I think. And they are. It's minus one twelve for the two zero. I, I think I'm actually probably going to take a shot on that. And I, I hate two O's in the LPL, but it, it kind of feels like F, like Fun Plus are going to start rounding into playoff form uh, again. This narrative, it's just a gut feeling on it, but it, it kind of feels like FPX are going to be like, all right, in this playoff time, let's try. I mean, there's a chance. I mean, we'll know when we see the starting lineups if they run Khan out there. We'll know. Okay, like maybe the top one point five is a little bit better. But yeah, the odds are probably going to reflect that too. If the rosters get announced and this drops, then maybe there's no value on it anymore. So, yeah, I, don't I think th- this is a spot. I, I think this is a spot for me where it's either, uh, honestly, maybe even both, where you take the fun plus minus one and a half, and maybe sprinkle top money line because yeah. I think if top's going to win a game, they're going to win the series. Yeah. To me, like I, fun plus, I, I, I don't see fun plus just dropping a game. Like they either two zero or they're going to lose a series in the, in this spot to me. I think and that's good, good enough for that. Yeah. <clears throat> Sunday, JDG, fresh off of a that was a weird, oh. weirdly good series. But yeah, JDG minus two fifty six against LNG plus one eighty eight. LNG just got swept by Dominus. I was on Team LNG for that. I'll admit it. I was wrong. Oh, I was and, all over LNG. Right, so, Don't worry so, about it. so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. I, I went back and looked at like I was watching the games this morning, and I saw I was like, you know, like my actual read was right. They brought Iwandi in. Like, that was the reason they brought him in. I was right on that. I was like, they brought him in because he's a protective player. He's going to play Tarek. And they played Tarek. And they played a slower kill game. So I had the kill total under. That was right. That hit both games. Uh, I thought the time would go over, but Do- they just didn't show up for the second game. Dominus swept him 19 0. And I-, I guess you got to wait for Ross. I-, I think LNG are like a punch up kind of team. Like, they have the ability to take games against good teams, and JDG don't know how to turn away from a fight either. So, like, JDG, I never trust the 2-0. Not because, like, they're disrespectful or anything, but, like, it's just the way they play. So I, I have a hard time trusting the 2-0, but LNG looked really bad this morning. I'm trusting them. I think JDG's getting the 2-0. I'm going to be actually kind of heavy, I think, on the uh, minus 1.5 for JDG. Yeah, I mean, you guess you're getting plus money. I mean, if, if you think back to before the season, too, we, we had J- like I had JDG ranked number two before the season started. Yeah. Also, yeah. looking against this bot lane, maybe that's what I'm just not thinking about here. Yeah. I think it's I, – I don't trust JDG 2.0 or, – sorry, uh, to 2.0 in general, but if I'm going to get plus money for it against – a team that just got swept by Dominus again, just hammer. Like these two teams are in completely different echelons to me. And uh, I know we talked a little bit on Twitter about it, but I think like, I don't necessarily think 705 is that good, but I think Flandre actually just really hurts LNG just because he seems to not want to play like some, like he, he won't play Orn or he won't, like, he, he won't play tanks or anything like that. And I think, I, I don't think that, I think LNG is kind of just honestly trending downwards just because, like, they're going to start getting figured out. Like, they know Flandre's going to try to play over-aggressive. All right, let's just camp him, kill him twice in lane, and then win the game because no one else on that team can do anything. LNG feels like a team you just ban, like, Aphilios and Mordekaiser against and play bottom side because, like, he's Flandre's going to struggle to play weak side top. Like, he'll play, like, Fiora and stuff like that sometimes, but, like, against those kind of situations, you just adjust your game plan, right? So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I've been on LNG 
and they've made me some money this season because I've been on like the plus one point five for them like almost every round, like almost match, and they've been pretty good there because they've been competitive. But I, I agree that they're kind of they've been soft a little bit. So yeah, JDG minus one point five. If it wasn't plus money, I wouldn't bother with it. But the plus money, I think it's good. Billy Billy against EDG. I love this spot. So Billy Billy are plus two hundred. EDG minus two seventy eight. The Billy Billy plus one point five is at minus one sixty one. This is an underdog special for me, dude. Oh, I'm all over the BLG money line. Because every BLG match for me is like, you look at their odds and you just say, are these odds fair that they will draft reasonable compositions? <laughs> like, would you, would you think, do you think there's a plus 200 chance that they're going to draft reasonable compositions? Because I think they win this matchup if they draft reasonable compositions. Over under Maokai jungle selections. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope I hope we don't see it from them. Uh at the, yeah, I think if BLG drafts reasonable compositions, they win the matchup. So I, I love it at plus 200. Yeah, they're starting ADD this morning too, which makes me kind of think that, like, okay, if they want to make a run, ADD's the guy. Like, I totally agree. King N is – he's fine. But that's the problem is that he's just fine. Like, he's so unexciting as a player. He's just a guy. Which is cool because some teams need that. They just need someone to be serviceable. But ADD's, like, kind of a matchup breaker. And he's, like, an in-game leader too. So – and this team last year, like – he was a stud last year. I have no idea why they brought in King, and I've been saying it all year. ADD is a, a good top laner. He's not one of the best top laners in the league, but he's a good above average top laner that should have been playing. The you whole think year. he's better than Flandre? Like, 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 how? Like, where's the cutoff? Like, where who's he better than? Depends what the meta's like. I mean, I think he's better than Flandre right now. Yeah. Yeah, that... just, yeah, it just depends what the meta game looks like. Because ADD, uh, and maybe I'm misremembering, but isn't ADD kind of known for his GP play? Like, yeah, he plays a little bit of everything. Like, he has a couple uh, niche picks that are like his NAR is insanely good. Okay. Uh, he plays a little bit of everything, and that, like that's the thing is he has some picks that like, and he because he's willing to play everything, you can't trust him to just be a carry player, or just a tank player. Which is that was I half think. the reason. Like, yeah. oh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. That, that, that's like that's like half the reason that I was like, why did they bring in King in? Because it's not like they have a guy that can only play assassins, and they need a guy that can play tanks or whatever. Like ADD is just good at all the stuff. There was I just could not figure out a reason why you would want to bring in King in for this team. There's tons of teams that you could bring in a guy because their top laner only likes certain stuff, but this just isn't that team. It was weird. It, it almost feels like there was like a workload thing. Like they just wanted to give ADD some time off or like have a buddy to talk to or something. I don't know. But yeah, uh, Billy Billy shouldn't. Uh, again, this is the EDG thing. Like I don't trust EDG to 2 anyone. So in that case, like give me the minus 161. I think Billy Billy, Billy are, I think are like the most primed for a second half run, even if they don't end up making playoffs. Yeah. Like th- th- this team's just. I know talent hasn't mattered nearly as much this season, but this team can't be this bad. Like, I can't be the only one that feels that way, right? Yeah. I, I think John said, when they get a reasonable draft, they they can win. And I, I also uh, just looked it up, and Billy Billy to 2-0 is plus 475, which is outstanding. Yes, please. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> This is going to be in uh, what I've been dubbing the underdog special, which is yeah. you, you take the the plus one point five and then you split the winnings from that on the money line and then minus one and a half, like seventy five twenty five split. That's like kind of what I've been doing. Uh, it's been pretty good for the most part. <laughs> uh, last game, super super good one. Uh, RNG plus two hundred against Invictus minus two seventy eight. Dude, give me RNG. I hate yeah. this match. I hate it. I hate Invictus. I, I do too, man. 
I don't remember which one of you talked about it last year. I think it was John or no, it was Jelani about just I, every time you bet on Invictus, they'll never get it right. I, I literally, I hate this team. I was like, all right, I used to take Invictus minus one and a half all the time. They burned me on it. So this year I'm just going to always take plus one and a half. And then they've just been two away. Yeah. I'm like, I, I can't stand this team at all. I just can't stand them. So I think in this spot, I'm just going to bet which, what makes less sense, which is two and, and, and it's at plus money. And so I'm just going to have to bet. I, I because what makes the most sense here is like an over two and a half bet, but I'm just gonna have to bet and pick the two up just because nothing makes sense with this stupid team. <sighs> I hate Invictus so much, man. I hate Invictus because they're so good when they want to be, and that's the problem. They just don't give a shit half the time. I have not bet an Invictus minus one point five in like a year and a half. Like I just <laughs> I refuse to do it. You're a smart man. You dodged the bullet all last summer. That's for damn sure. Well, what's crazy is like Invictus is like this is why, and this is why I just get burned on all the time because they played was it OMG earlier this week, and I was like, yeah, or, yeah, and I was like, OMG could easily take the series because like one of the most important things right now is dragons, and Invictus has a forty five percent Drake rate, like fifth worst in the league, and the reason is because they just literally, literally do not care. They're just like, go take the dragon. We'll just kill you immediately afterwards, and I. It's just like, I hate, I just, I can't stand the team because I look at the numbers, I'm like, they're going to lose. And then they're just like, ha we're going to 2-0. I'm like, <laughs> It almost feels like Invictus, like, bet against themselves. You ever, you ever get that vibe? Like, I don't want to bring up the conspiracy theories and everything, but it definitely does get that kind of vibe, right? Where it's just like, let's mess around this game. We're good. We're good. <laughs> like, they, they feel like the MMA fighter that goes into a bar and picks a fight, and if the other guy chooses to fight them, then they'll smash them. But like sometimes they just don't, and they're just hanging out drinking with their buddies. Like that's what, that's what Invictus feels like to me. Like they they could just like they're like G two, but G two care a little bit more than them, just a little bit. It's like really weird. I, this team is infuriating. I, I I'm gonna take RNG, and they're gonna get swept, and I'm gonna be mad about it. But you know, whatever. <laughs> I know it's the right thing to do. That's the problem. I know it's the right yeah. thing to do, but I'm walking into a car accident. Like that's the problem. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like the the play here is clearly the RNG plus one and a half and, and probably some money line. So what's going to hit is Invictus 2-0. It's just like – Invictus remind me of like the Seahawks in the NFL this year where it's like this team is not good. Like they're not good. I swear they're not good. You look at every metric. You look at their film. You look at their play calling. They're terrible. But Russell Wilson is so goddamn good that he's just going to win games sometimes. So it's like yeah. – yeah, I don't know. I, the LPL slate's really interesting. We get RNG and E-Star, we get Fun Plus and Top, and then we get uh, RNG and Invictus, which all should be good games. And I think EDG Billy Billy should be interesting, too. So, good slate this weekend. Uh, LCK, we'll quick go through that, and then we'll uh, round it up. I have a couple spots I like in the LCK this weekend. So, Gen G minus 1667. What? <laughs> Against Sandbox. Okay. No. I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, nothing for me. Getting out of the way. I- I think I guess I mean honestly I guess sandbox plus one and a half plus plus one eighty six is kind of nice but like I hate sandbox because they just somehow got two owed by APK and then take a game off Dragon X so it's like what but I remember you had mentioned uh, I think last week like underdog spreads in Korea have been really pretty profitable so like if you're gonna get plus two hundred damn near for a plus one and a half probably worth it uh, to just take the shot I mean Genji have looked phenomenal but. You know, it's 
There's a chance they start coasting a little bit. They don't strike me as that kind of team, but I think like maybe you just bet the uncertainty in this spot. Like maybe Sandbox. I mean, they did play on fleek this morning, which was different. Like they hadn't played the on fleek lonely combination. They had only been playing the two combinations of top and jungle exclusively, and it worked for a game. But like, I don't know. It just seemed like the draft in that game too was Dragon X was just like they drafted themselves into or not Dragon X. Um, yeah, it was Dragon X. It's like kind of like drafted themselves in a circle and then like ended up with a team comp that didn't have a, a good win condition. They were like, oh shit. Well, I guess we got to try to make some plays early and then they didn't. And that was yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. Underdog spreads uh, covering 37 out of 63 matches in the LCK this split. So like not like a free roll, but it's, yeah, it's been, it actually hasn't been profitable, but you have to like pick your spots on it. It's like slightly in the red, but they have been covering the majority of the time. So uh, this, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about it. Genji are really good, and there's a chance that they just go into like full like we just lost the T1. They just rage stomp sandbox on Friday, or even yeah, they they could do that. I I could also see an angle where they do the whole like TSM thing or like sandbox is trash. Let's try something weird. Yeah. Uh, because right, I mean at this point we don't even know if they're screaming against sandbox. Like they might might not be on a good enough echelon to scream against them, right? So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean. None of those other lines are really bettable, honestly, right? Like, you're not going to play, you're not going to lay 1667. You're not going to lay 256. I think if you're going to bet it, it's going to be sandbox plus one and a half, but it's one of those, like, on your nose and. Gen G 50 unit whale play. <laughs> so you know, 50 that? unit whale plays. We have T1 <laughs> minus. <laughs> That's 3,333. Okay, why? Is T1 going to lose a game to Griffin? Wouldn't surprise me. They've dropped games to to Hamwell Life. This, I mean, Hamwell Life is actually pretty good. Griffin, I hate this team too. 263 just doesn't seem good enough for me to, to bet the plus 1.5. The weird thing with Griffin is, by the way, if you need an example of teams taking on the char- like the character of their coach, holy shit, is this an example of that? Because... If this Griffin team isn't generic with H Dragon, I don't know what is. It's the same. <laughs> he took these players. Look at how good these players were last season, and they suck now. Like what happens? I don't get it. Like, I mean, I know what happened. They lost probably the two best ones. Really, I would argue Lahens too. They lost Lahens, which was a huge deal because he's. I still think Lahens is one of the best sports on the planet, even though he's on kind of a bad team. Anyway. Griffin, they're doing the Jin era thing where it's like they pick this up-tempo draft, they get first blood, they snowball lead, and they don't know what to do, and they lose. Like, they've had so many leads this split that, like, they're not victory five bad. Like, the players are good enough, I think, that they can hang, but, like, even with a lead, I don't trust them. I'm I'm not touching this game. 263 is not enough. I wonder if the kill kill spreads are probably outrageous. Maybe I take the kill spreads because T1 tend to win small, but it's been, like, their tendency this season. The problem is that Griffin, I mean, at least for fantasy, like they don't give up many fantasy points. Like a lot of times when they, they're, they're one of those teams that's kind of like uh, LCS at the beginning of split where they'll just like lose a guy and they just run away. Like, the greatly reluctant fighters, dude. The greatly reluctant fighters. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I don't even know if kill spreads are good there. Maybe, honestly, you can get plus money on Griffin kill spreads. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, I think, so Griffin have, uh, let me see. It's the sec. Actually, they have the second best margin of, of defeat. They're yeah. way, way above league average in that. Like they're given, they're only losing by seven point seven three kills a game. 
And yeah, almost every single... Let's see, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They have eight double-digit losses. Everything else is like eight or less. So if you can get like plus eight and a half... And t- again, like T1 have been like winning small. Like they haven't been styling on people and they've been ending games in a, in a hurry recently. Dude, they look so good. That's that's the thing to talk about in this series is, man, T1 look good. Yeah, they do. That series against Gen G, they looked clearly better. That was a really good series, too. I don't even think Gen G played bad. T1 was just like, well, right, we are Superman today. Like they just, oh, my goodness. They were game three, good. was it game three in the top lane? They just had a 5v5 and they raced everyone. Yeah. And, like, I looked down, like, at my other computer for a second, then I looked back up and I was like, yeah. You just all died under their tower? What the hell? Like, dude. And they're, they're playing these, like, really hard-to-execute win condition compositions, too. And they're just like, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll take this, like, Akali top into, like, an Orn tank t- frontline yes. win fight. Like, you have like, no uh, business winning. It's it's insane. They're, they're, yeah. They look like T1 from, like, four years ago right now. And with a rookie top laner, that's fucking nuts to me. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I've been saying, like, it seems like every every T1 game, I'm like, yeah, they lost draft. Like, I, today, I thought it would be not. Like, I was like, Gen G, oh, they're going to 2-0. Like, literally, game two, I was like, they lost draft. I was like, I, I literally texted uh, in my Slack. I was like, I don't know why Kana swears that Akali is good as a top player. And he just does fine. I'm like, how do they keep doing this? Like, I don't know. They're just unreal. Yeah, they're, they're like, I still think Gen G are really, really good, too. So, like, I don't want to take anything from way, away from them. But, like, damn, did he one look good today? They're, they're scary because they now have this other angle. That a lot of the teams in the LCK don't like. Almost all the teams in the LCK only have like one mode that they're good at. Gen G have shown the ability to close like pretty quick too when they want to, but they don't want to most of the time. And then like you have like KT and Afrika who are trying to play like that all in up tempo style, and they're pretty good at it, but like they're a lot less good at the other way. So T one showing both is like, dude, this team is scary. Like that's what you want to see, and they're now like they're ramping up their willingness to fight and all too, which is just super hype. Yeah. I, we're getting bogged down too much. It was just the T1 hype train, but uh, yeah, I'm dodging this one. Maybe Griffin kill spreads because T1 tend to win small. Afrika, minus 101, Damwon minus 132. Why is Damwon favored in this series? It's just because Afrika lost past two. I was very confused about why Damwon was the favorite here. And that's that. That's that's the analysis on this series. That's all you need to I mean, Dan Wan yeah. are like diet Invictus, and that like when they decide to play, or like there's there's just games where they're gonna pop off and look like the most savage team you've ever seen. Nogari's gonna be like, oh, I got like two pentakills in the same game on Vladimir, and then they lose to APK in the next game. So, yeah. I, I literally, I've been so unimpressed watching Dan Wan. Like they, I, I literally think they have been like that. I honestly, like, legitimately, not trying to overstate, they're like Team Liquid levels of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, they just look terrible. Their their drafts look terrible. You can tell. It was like I was saying with Flandre. Like, Nuggery refuses to pick normal stuff. But even when he, like, picks for him, he just gets stomped. I'm like, how do you look like? I don't know. They they look awful. They look absolutely terrible. What I've been saying about them, just, like, watching their film, is that they, they haven't changed. Like, they're just playing. They're exactly the same team that they were in 20. Like, literally, like, the same players. And they're playing the same way as they were in 2019. They haven't made any adjustments whatsoever. And you just can't play that way right now without getting yep. punished for it. So the game it's was a lot. a lot. Yeah, the game's changed a lot. Like now mistakes are way more punishable and you can lose, like you can lose off of a first dragon now. And that wasn't Cole the game. Cole got nerfed and Damwon got nerfed. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. I mean, and, and, to like, 
teams that play a certain way and how they're doing as the meta shifts. Like we were talking about it in North America with teams like that have very good AD carries are starting to get better and teams that were playing around mid jungle. But also look at teams that have really good top laners right now. They're they're falling from where they were or like top laners that they rely on are starting to fall off from where they were as the AD carry meta comes back and top laners don't have quite the same effect that they used to have. That's just a trend that I've noticed as these patches have gone on this season. I think it's whether a team is willing to acknowledge that top lane doesn't can't impact as much because like Invictus seems willing to acknowledge that. Like <laughs> they had a series earlier this week. I forget, I guess I think it, it might've been OMG where OMG just had to have hard tilted the shot. Like they killed him like four times in lane. They were just camping him. And I was like, okay, like, uh, Oh yeah, it was, uh, it was OMG. Solo killed him twice. Yeah. The same game. I was like, holy crap. Like, OMG's going to win this game. And then Rookie's like, yeah, keep going top. I'm just going to kill everyone else on the rest of the map. Yeah. Like, keep going. I'll kill everyone else. Time difference, not a thing. Yeah. The shot was literally just like running up to tier two, having no vision on the bot side, getting dove by three people. And just like, yeah, I'll, I'll get some more turret damage while my team kills everyone else. Like, congrats. That 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 series literally looked like the shy was like at his computer laughing his ass off, saying like we're gonna win this series that I'm gonna feed. Like how bad can I feed this game without looking like I'm match fixing? Like that's how like yeah. it literally looked that way. He was just like, yo, I bet they won't think I'll do this. The DFS scores for that matchup were super funny because yeah. Invictus like went off and the shy was like oh four two or something like that, and everybody else on Invictus was like popping off all over the place. Yeah, that's a, if the team, but it seems like Damwon's not acknowledging it and Afrika maybe is, I don't know. They, they've honestly, I don't know. I, I don't have as good of a read on them. Honestly. This line is only here because Afrika have looked bad in their last couple series. And I, I think it's an overreaction. I think Afrika are like pretty good. I, I still think Afrika are probably, I mean, maybe KT now and we're going to get to see that matchup too. Um, I think Afrika are like probably the fifth playoff team. At this point, I would have said fourth most of the season, but I think KT look KT look really good, man. KT are doing everything right besides they punt a game once in a while, but like KT have the right idea how to play right now, and they're smart and they're playing really well. So I, I think KT is probably the number four now. You can make an argument for KT number three over Dragon X. I, I'm not buying that. I'm not that far. That's but, the matchup tonight, and I think that's going to be a really good matchup. I'm yeah. really excited to watch KT and Dragon X tonight. Yeah, should be good. Um. We all want a freaker for that one. I like a freaker 2 0. Yeah, I love a freaker. I'm scared of a freaker 2 0 just because they've gone like 2 1 in every series, I feel like. Yeah, I think they've gone 2 1 in like all but two series, maybe. Yeah. I, like, I, they I, went 2 1 like every series, and I bet, the, like, I was started betting them to win 2 0, and they got swept by somebody. I just don't remember who it was. Yeah, but I mean, at plus 248, like, absolutely. Yeah, they've gone 3 0. They, they've only had three series where they haven't gone to three games, so. They got swept by Sandbox, swept by Genji. I, I don't know if you want to hold the Genji loss against them, but the Sandbox loss you can criticize, I think. Uh, kind of wish I got plus money on this, but I'll take I'll take a shot on Afrika. They, I, I think they've been better this season. Damn one look tilted a little bit. Uh, Saturday, KT Rolster, minus 556, APK plus 348. The APK plus 1.5 is at plus 103. I got burned for betting KT minus 1.5, but... The, I hate APK because I know they're not good, but they're, like, kind of smart. Like, their coach puts them in a good place to win games, which is why, like... And that matters a lot right now. 
and it it pains me to say it because you're going to see like some of these bad teams winning games against teams that are clearly better than them because it doesn't matter as much. Like draft matters just a lot right now. That's it. Yep. And APK, like whether their players are good or not, doesn't matter if they're setting themselves up in drafts. Sometimes if they're just going to hard win a draft every once in a while, they're going to win that game a lot of the time. So, yeah, this is probably a stay away. I think KT two zero, but I'm not laying money for it. I wanted plus odds. Yeah, this I like KT. I like it's I'm the same as you. I like KT to win two zero, but I don't think I want to lay one thirty seven on it. Yeah. Sandbox. Yeah, it's close, but not there. Sandbox Hamwa even money. Well, it's not. It's juiced, but you know, pick them. Minus one fifteen. Welcome to esports again. Uh, Hamwa have been better. I think Hamwa have better. Ugh, I don't know, dude. Hamwa have been better, but I'm not. I'm not not at this number. This is like maybe this is like the double two zero special, John. I do like the double two zero here. That was my thought when I first looked at it. You get like plus two hundred on both sides of it. Yeah. We'd need the line to make to make to be profitable, but if it's profitable in a decent way to bet twos and two O's, it'd have to be in a pretty decent way though, because you have to account for the possibility of the two one. Yeah. Might just be a fade until we get some more information on those teams. Yeah, I mean I'll take a quick look right now. Oh, if you want to read the next one, I'll take a quick look at that one real quick. The next one's Dragon X plus one ninety nine versus Gen G minus two seventy eight. The Dragon X plus one point five is at minus one sixty four. Kind of like a taste of Dragon X in that spot. Yeah. Dragon X has been like a really big disappointment to me. Uh, just because I, I personally thought they would like kind of smurf the region. Uh, yeah. I, I had really high hopes for them, but they just haven't been like, they don't have really any dominant, impressive wins that, that come to mind. Um, so they, I don't know. They've just been kind of a letdown for me. But I think, I mean, like I, I think you're t- you're getting probably what the number three or four team against the number one one or, or against the number two team for plus two hundred. I how do you say no? Yeah, right? I also think yeah. like Dragon X just have like it, I know I keep saying the player argument, but like they have players and coaching. They've Dragon X are frustrating because you know they're better than this, and like yeah. they've been disappointing in terms of like my expectations that they'd win the split. Right, but that doesn't mean that they're bad. So, no. like, in a spot, like, this is exactly the kind of spot that I love, like, when a team's, like, upset, like, or been disappointing a little bit, that, I mean, there's a chance they were looking ahead to these games. Like, they've got a pretty wicked schedule. Like, I think they played T1. They just lost to T1, right? Yeah, they played T1 and Gen.G in the same week. That's brutal, right? Yeah. But, I don't know. I also think that, like, Gen G's a little bit more exposable than T1. Like, they're a little less versatile. I don't know. I, 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 think, think, the, I think the number's too big. That's all. Yeah. Genji are better. Yeah, Genji have been better, more consistent, but I think the numbers too big. Yeah, I, I mean Genji being minus two seventy eight is an absolute joke here. I, I think it's much closer to even. I do think it's been odd that Chovy has seemingly taken a little bit of a step back. I think Chovy, yeah, right? Chovy has his off and on games, and he's kind of always been this way. Where like, yeah, he he has these situations where he loses a game one and then just either like checks out or tilts off. It hasn't always been the case. Like there've been times where they've lost the first game and he's come back and just hard carried before. So yeah. It doesn't always happen, but it feels like every so often he'll just get days where he just gets down and just doesn't want anything to do with the next game after that. But I do also think that like, that's going to improve more and more as he gets like more experience playing and everything. Yeah. I think it's again, an expectation thing. Cause I was like expecting him to take a step forward and become like, take the legit best mid in the world title. Yep. 
started, but he just has it. And like, he's kind of stayed stagnant, which is still, you know, in the world, but yeah, I still think like, I mean, when he's on his game, I do think he's the best man in the world. Like, I think, yeah. I think he's better than rookie. I think he's better than faker. Like he's unbelievably good when he's tuned in at his peak. Yeah. And I mean, even if you look at like his down games, where like he'll make mistakes and stuff. His differential stats are just ridiculous. Like yeah. he dominated. He wins matchups he shouldn't win. He's also impacting the matchups while having CS leads and like he's he's a freak. I don't know how he, he's a he's a robot. I don't know, but <laughs> as a mid laner, he freaks me the hell out because <laughs> the fact that somebody could be that good scares me. But yeah, I, I, the number's just too big. I think Dragon X is the play here. Also, there's a chance Gen G maybe coast a little bit. I doubt that's the case. They're going to want to play for number one because the gauntlet system in Korea. But yeah, Dragon X money line and plus one point five. I think T one minus four seventeen. Damn one plus two seventy seven. The minus one point five. T one is at minus one twelve. T one minus one point five. Dude, isn't this the spot where Damn one takes a game? Probably, but I, I still think you take the T one minus one point five. Yeah, favorites in Korea historically, not this season. Favorites in Korea historically have been pretty dominant. And, and T1 looks fantastic, man. <laughs> they look ridiculous. Like, you couldn't pick up uh, two teams that are more, like, over and underperforming in the league right now than these two teams. So, yeah, I like T1. What's crazy about T1, too, is the sub, like, the jungle sub didn't even... It didn't like, change a yeah. thing. Yeah, like, yeah. they could play Element this series, yeah. and they're still going to be favored by this much. <laughs> like It's wild. Yeah, they look better than we thought they would look. They like we. I don't think anyone thought T one was going to fall off a cliff this split, but I thought they were going to be like fourth, third, yeah. fourth. Yeah, right in there, and yeah, they look like the best team in the league. It's it's insane to me too that like with both Dragon X and T one that like as good as Faker and Teddy have been, they haven't been. The reason they're winning these games is because Kana's a stud. Again, SKT talent evaluation. They just get who is their scouting director. Like, I have to know, because how many guys have they hit on? Who's the worst player to come through this organization? The guy that played Udyr? Bob, or whatever his name was? Or Ted? Or, I forget his name. Uh, the, yeah, the Udyr player that they had for, like, a handful of games in, like, season six. Every yeah, other player is, like, a starter somewhere. Yeah, they haven't had a lot of uh, bad players come through. And guys that have left the team have traditionally not performed that well when they left. So you got to respect SKT's full organization. I mean, some of them have succeeded, though. Scout. True. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Griffin, plus 138, APK, minus 185. I hate Griffin, but the APK shouldn't be minus 185 against me. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I know I'm not a professional player. That was a little disrespectful of me to say. I'm sorry, APK. But, <laughs> like, dude, come on, for real? I know Griffin have been bad, but for this is a joke. Give me Griffin plus 138. That might be pick of the week status for me. <laughs> like I don't, I no, I don't know if I can do that. Not with Griffin. If I think this one looks like it, you could get a double two zero as well. I think that's interesting as well. If you're not sold on either side, I think the double two zero makes sense to just try and lock it in profit because I don't just net a half half unit or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't hate that yeah. either. Actually, it's probably more than that. I didn't do the math on it, but it's probably more than that. Last game of the weekend, we have a freak of minus two forty four. Hamwa life. Plus 178. Humble Life have been a chippy underdog. The plus 1.5 is at minus 179. I think they've covered in like a huge majority of their games in Africa. Again, have gone to three games a lot. So, first time these two teams faced off, it was a 2-1. Humble took the first game, and then Africa kind of stomped the next two. So, 
Yeah, uh, this is kind of interesting because there's a chance that Hamwa Life. We got to start looking at playoff implication. We're not that like locked into that yet, but there's a chance with a couple losses or a couple wins going the way of Africa that maybe Hamwa get eliminated at this point. I don't think Korea historically that hasn't been a huge factor. Like teams tend to play it out there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. This I think this comes down to like, are do Africa deserve to be favored by this much? Um. I do think they're going to win, and I think that it's reasonably likely they win 2-0. Uh, I think I end up on Afrika minus 1.5 in this matchup. Yeah, I think I think you bet Afrika minus 1.5, and if you want to, I think you hedge expecting the same type of thing where you hedge on, like, a map one money line for Hanwa. Yeah. Because, like, Hanwa, they're, what, didn't they say they want to be the G2? Yeah. But either way, they just do all these weird drafts that, like, you know, they could pull out some sort of cheese in the first game. And then a freak is like, okay, that was really stupid. Let's talk about it for two minutes and be like, oh, yeah, we can absolutely destroy them if they try that. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I definitely think a freak minus one and a half to play, but <clears throat> I wouldn't hate a, a small head on the first game. On the money line. I do think Han- Hanwar are, like, a really interesting case because I don't think they're that – like, I think they're better than people think they are, but I also think that people overrate them because of the cheese stuff. Like, I, I don't think they're good because they cheese. I think that's just, like, an added element. I think they're, like, okay. Like, they're just okay. And they're going to win some games against these middle-of-the-table teams. But, like, I, I almost wish they didn't cheese as much. I like that they're experimenting and trying stuff. But, like, I mean, we saw Vista come out in the last series. They brought Zenit in for a game. He got trashed. And then, I don't know, was it Zenit got trashed? Yeah, Zenit got completely demolished. And they played, like, Varys, Tom Kench. And, like... Isn't it weird that, like, Vista, this, like, support sub, is just the AD carry player all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. Like, we didn't even talk about that all season long. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to do this for a couple series, and then, like, he's just been the AD carry for the whole season. <laughs> he's, been, he's been okay, but, like, I like a freak of money line and then take, like, I think you put, like, a freak of money line to win half a unit and then take, like, half on the 2.0, or the 2.0, like, the minus 1.5. Feels like they're going to change some stuff in the off season, and I don't have a lot of faith in them until then. I don't think they think this is like the final iteration for this team. I think they end up changing some stuff in the off season, and then maybe we get a. a I always feel like they're like they're like an eighty carry free agent away, or a mid lane free agent, or both from being actually pretty good. Yeah, that's how I feel. Because like, I mean, I said it earlier, Lahens is still really good, and like he, this team is a support carry team. As weird as that sounds. Like all like a lot of the games they've won, it's because he's doing stuff on the map. So yeah, I don't know. I I think Afrika take this down. There's, there's gonna be playoff implications. Afrika got to start taking care of business. I think, and I know that's and I like think narrative or whatever. Good. But yeah, and I I think the lines actually Afrika should probably be favored by more than this. I think they're just being overreacted to because of the losses. So yeah, I also think I, you probably got to get on this now before Afrika beat Damwon if we think they're gonna beat Damwon. Yep. Because this is probably going to be like 350 range by the time that turns around. So, all right, pick of the week. That's it for the slate. We ran really, really long. Pick of the week, real fast. John, go ahead. No, actually, I'll do the recap first. Recap, because we always forget to do the recap. So last week we, I had Billy Billy plus 138 against WE. Billy Billy finally cashing for your boy. Um, John, you had CLG plus 120 against Golden Guardians. That was upsetting. Depressing. I'm mad. <laughs> yes. Um, RNG plus 119 against JDG. Uh, Chris hit that. Good value selection there. Calvin hit APK against Sandbox. I thought he was a little crazy, but guess what? Sandbox looked terrible now, so I don't even know anymore. Um, good value pick there, too. John, open us up. 
Um, I'm going with RNG plus 112 against E-Star. I'm ready for E-Star to start falling off. I'm happy that I was there when it first happened because we made a lot of money doing that. Uh, and But I think it's going to continue happening now. Josh, do you need a minute? No, I, I'm just going to take the freaking money line versus damn one. I know it's not plus odds, but it's right there. Basically, even I, I, I think that's a hammer. I, yeah, damn one's just been super annoying to watch the split. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm going to go. I hate Invictus so much. <laughs> I got to, like, check my rage at the door for this because, like, uh, I, am I really going to recommend an Invictus line? No. Uh, we'll go. We'll go Billy Billy plus one and a half against EDG at minus 161. A little, conserv- little on the conservative side, but I think that's that's a pretty good selection because I think Billy Billy have a good chance to win that series outright. So, yeah, we'll go with that one. There's a couple good spots to do money line parlays this week too. Oh yeah, uh, like uh, there's a couple really good spots like in the LPL. Like I think like JDG LNG. Like you could do like a JDG, uh, like JDG Afrika, JDG yeah, like JDG Afrika on Sunday, like that kind of thing. There's a couple good spots like we have like those 200 range favorites. Then you can get the plus money on the money line parlay for two teams, which is pretty sweet. So yeah. I think that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be about it for us. Uh, what do you guys got for what have you guys been doing outside of League of Legends? You've just been so busy. I thought I might use my uh, my end of show topic to answer Harvey's question that he posted on Twitter here. Go for it because I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, he said, with the new influx of players in League DFS and the sharpening of lines at books due to their ability to put more resources into it, do you think taking a look at player pools and the meta game could be the next big edge? Um, so I'm going to partially answer his question, but partially just talk in general. I do think that's a big deal. Uh, I think trying to figure out how the patches are going to affect teams is is definitely one of the next bigger edges that we haven't put enough resources into. Uh, but as far as DFS, I just wanted to talk a little bit about a lot of people message me about this on Twitter all the time is like, how do you how does this boom in, in esports change how you make your lineups and stuff? And it's had a huge effect, um, mostly based on how these other people are playing. So the people that are coming in, the awesome O's, all those kinds of guys that are coming in and playing 150 lineups and stuff, playing all the big high stakes stuff. The, one of the biggest edges that I've been putting too, ma- too many resources into right now is trying to figure out how those guys are constructing their lineups so that you can figure out how to best take advantage of how they're constructing their lineups. And it seems to me like the general trend is that all the high stakes guys that are entering a lot of lineups are basing the majority of their lineups on money lines in Vegas. They're playing the biggest favorites as much as they possibly can. And a lot of them have not come around yet on figuring out which teams score the highest. And I think you can make some real assumptions about who the best of those guys are by who's doing that. Like I'll give a shout out to brick uh, brick figured out pretty quickly that he needed to play bloody teams and his lineups have been more leaning that way instead of just taking big Korean favorites where a lot of the guys that have come in that are high stakes guys are just stacking Korean favorites every day and just giving you free value. And so I'm going to keep trying to pay attention to how those guys are playing to try to figure out how much value there is. And right now I think the biggest values, I was talking to Josh about this earlier. I think the biggest values right now are in playing single entry, higher buy-in tournaments, not things like the Titan Uh, in the Titan a guy like Osimo gets 150 lineups to take a shot at you, and he can come up with some stuff that's very legitimate. But when you get those guys down to only entering one lineup or two lineups, suddenly they're playing some kind of mediocre lineups a lot of the time. And I'm not specifically calling out Osimo. He's just like the most famous of these guys. But there's a lot of these guys running around 
who I think they're playing suboptimal lineups and you want to get them in tournaments where they're only allowed to play one or two of those lineups, especially if you're somebody without a huge bankroll. So I would almost recommend if you're a guy that's entering five or six lineups in the Titan every night, just play the $50 single entry instead of entering five or six lineups in the Titan. And I think your bankroll is going to grow better that way. So Josh, something uh, we tend to do non-league related. Anything you want to talk about? Uh, I'll piggyback on that. I think also if you're not willing to do the more higher stuff, you can just play these people in head to heads because you like, you can pretty much figure out kind of what John said, exactly what their cash line is going to be. And so like, the biggest example we talked about on Twitter was like they were all on Origin, and then of course Origin hit that week. But like we all know to never play Origin in DFS, like they don't score. But but like you can if you know exactly what someone's doing in cash, uh, and you know you can find these guys in the ten dollar head to heads for much cheaper, and you know what their lineup's going to be, um, then you know you can still take advantage of it. So I think that's pretty big. Um, so yeah, I, I think with the DFS stuff, like it's very interesting to see how the landscape is shifting. For me, it's been uh, switching to playing a lot more cash games because now, like, you don't have to worry about if your favorite loses. Like, you're going to not cash in the double up because, like, if you have 200 people and, you know, RNG 60% owned and RNG loses, you you can still cash, um, which is, like, a phenomenon in all the other DFS sports. But when double ups used to be so small, that wasn't always the case. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, you can still do it without having, like, a huge – a huge bankroll or, or being scared to put you know, 50 bucks on one lineup or something like that. So yeah, I think the DFS stuff is, is really interesting. Um, and obviously feel free to reach out to any of us about that stuff questions. Yeah. I kind of think it's like turning into, um, I mean, John, you know, like a little bit about this with magic background, but like in magic, when you have a draft format and everyone figures out what the best draft, like the draft, the best deck is, and they're trying to force that color a lot of the time, the next level is to like, pivot away from that and be like okay everyone else is gonna battle over this i'll take this like tier two strategy but i'm gonna get like a hooked up version of it so it almost feels like we're like metagaming the field in a weird in a weird way but i, yeah. I do think there's something to when you have a huge i mean this is a huge influx of players right like how, how big do you think that like the player pool has grown like in the last oh, two weeks 10 to 20 times more than there used to be like our the the hundred dollar gpp used to be 15 players or 11 players it was down to nine players for a while this season it was the same nine guys every day now they got a 333 dollar 250 man that goes every single night the titan the equivalent of the titan used to be a thousand players and now we're seeing 25,000 15,000 i mean this is many many times over what we had before yeah so i think like if it wasn't such an exponential influx of players that you wouldn't have to necessarily talk a lot about this stuff because you just want to play optimal but now with this many people coming in, like you do have to game theory this quite a bit. Like, and, and like, if, if you want to try to tackle, you know, try to be profitable instead of just like hitting a big, you know, big winner on like a contest or a tournament or something like that. But yeah, I, I do think there's something, something to discussing all of this because that's the next level until there's like scoring changes or different, you know, setups or stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I do yeah. think people, uh, I was going to say, I do think people are, are approaching this the wrong way a lot of the new people that are coming in i see a lot of people coming in and they just want to play one lineup in the titan every night and they play the two biggest favorites or two huge favorites it's like you're never going to win man there's a million people on those lineups they have them in every iteration it's no mistake that of the biggest nights for a lot of the like most famous dfs like lol dfs guys have been when underdogs have been winning because i hate to give away strategy but 
like most of my Titan entries are going to be on not big favorite teams. <clears throat> They're going to be on uncommon results that are much more common, you know, than the profitability of the Titan is going to be when it happens. Yeah. I mean, I know, yeah. I know for me, for like, I don't play as high volume as you guys do. Like I, I dabble and I do play, I do play a lot of DFS, but like not to the extent that you guys do. But like for my, my Titan entries are, I'm just a lot of time. I'm leaving like 3000 dollars on the table it's like yeah let me get both dogs stack both dogs and... oh it blows people's minds too i was talking yeah. to somebody about it and i showed him a lineup where i was like i think this would be a pretty solid lineup for tonight and he's like that there's no way you Dude, left like they're, they're, plus, yeah. they're, plus eight, they're plus 800 underdogs be like yeah so <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. why that's why i'm playing them like another oh let me piggyback one more time i'm sorry because this is an interesting topic yeah. for me but uh Another thing you can do to take advantage if you want to play an underdog that you think people will recognize, like this happened a lot last night, Vici. Uh, a decent number of people played Vici. They weren't completely unowned, but most people didn't play three Vici or four Vici. They played two Vici because they want to heavy stack their big favorite, their RNG guy or whatever. So sometimes you can take a team that's decently owned, but if, if like Vici is your heavier stack, you can still get really low ownership on your lineup because people want to fit for RNG in there or something, not for Vici. People want the yeah. security of the bigger favorite. Yeah, they just think, you know, this is the big dog. Like these are our, this is my LeBron James, you know, RNG. I want as much of that as I can get, not this side player. But I, when Vici wins against E-Star, there's a pretty good chance they're going to outscore everybody else on the slate. So. Yeah. All right. The other thing... Sorry, yeah, just the, the other thing is, like, uh, you can see it, too, on, like, the LCS and LEC, is, like, people will take an underdog and they instantly slot in the ADC in the captain, and you can get leverage by just playing either the mid or even in some cases, like, a team like G2, the jungler. Like, I did it with Dignitas with Acadian, and he ended up being, like, the highest scoring player on the slate, and he was less than 1% owned as a captain, whereas, like, John Sun was, like, 20% owned as a captain. I didn't even play 80 carry captains of the Dignitas combos when I played that day. I skipped the 80 carries and just played yeah. mid-jungle. That was very smart. Yep. A lot of interesting stuff. A lot of new people to the space. It's exciting. Um, Josh, thank you for coming on. Super short notice, but I, I wanted another voice in here so that me and John just weren't talking circles around each other because we tend to do that quite a bit. Uh, it was good to have another voice. I'm glad to have you on. We'll have to get you back on here sometime. Well, uh, let people know where can they where can they find your stuff and everything. Yeah, uh, at Roberts number forty nine on Twitter. Uh, like I said, I write for Daily Fantasy Insider, um, and soon we'll be joining Gelati uh, writing for uh, Action Network. So. Um, should be some some fun times and, and good stuff to come. All right. Anything else? I think uh, that's going to be it for us this week. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. We got some playoff slates coming up. Good luck and enjoy yourselves this week. Later, everybody. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.